Welcome to another Monday edition of Second City Sports. We're live and in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. This is the last show for the month of February, which today is January 31st. Um, 2022 is getting off to a fast and, and racy start. She's Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Brown. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. Follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan underscore McGee on the IG. Make sure you download the Sports Zone Chicago app. You want to know why? Because we said so. That's why. Also, too, you can watch any of our other five live shows, including this one, Second City Sports. If you happen to miss any of our live shows, you can go back and watch them and listen to them at your own leisure. Also, make sure you follow Sports Zone Chicago on all social media platforms. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, that's Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. If you want to catch the uh, audio version of this, of Second City Sports, you can, you can do so by subscribing to War on Anchor. We're available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. Make sure you type in those search engine boxes on those podcast platforms, W-A-R-R on Anchor. And you can follow War Media on all social media platforms, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, follow War Media at WARR Media. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are unapologetically fun, and we have very definite opinions. And if you want to have a comment on any of our topics during today's show, during our two-hour extravaganza, you can go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. But if you decide to troll or decide to do th- something stupid, Lakina will give you the beer land beer boot. Bye-bye. Lakina, let's kick this Monday edition of Second City Sports off by discussing just for a few minutes the – Chicago Bears, they just wrapped up their press conference, introduced their new head coach and general manager. Of course, the new general manager is Ryan Poles, and the new head coach is Matt Eberflus. Lakina, I got a chance to listen to some of that press conference. I know you said it was word salad, I'm keeping it clean for the kids, but uh, I, I like the I like the, the way that Ryan Poles is trying to set the tone in that building and set the tone as far as uh, what his plan is going forward and we talked about this on friday kenny with the roster that the, they they have a lot of work to do mm-hmm. got a chance to learn about the new head coach matt eberflus he says his father was an electrician his mother was a stay-at-home mother he picked up all of his habits uh, of working hard and his work habits from his parents and it got him to where he is now and a couple of the reporters including um, joe lewis from the barber barber chair network asked him uh, about uh how we're gonna uh, go along with the with with the discipline of the thing, we talked about this uh, last Friday, Lakina, because this Bears roster had a lot of dumb penalties, a lot of uh, undisciplined moments, and it, it's just it was just unacceptable. And I like the way the new head coach talked about. It. He's gonna uh, s- uh, stick to the details, no situational football, and any other stupid stuff that is going on and that's linger on. He's going to eliminate that it, immediately, and I like that. We and we talked about that on our last episode as well. Uh, there needs to be a change in the culture, uh, a change with this roster, and I c- kind of like what I heard. But Lakina, you know as well as I do, uh, the uh, the results will uh, see for itself. It will finally be shown on the field, but we just have to give it some time. Well, yeah, I mean, look, he didn't say, neither one of them said we're going to be selfish and undisciplined, like, of course, the famous one Mark Trestman said a few <laughs> years back, that kind of that kind of went down from there after that. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, Chicago tough. I know Iwafus kept saying, and I'm like, wait, what? What does that mean? Like, I I heard the the former governor of New York say New York tough during the pandemic. I'm like, oh no, yeah, okay, what what? I don't get it. And then you hear a poll say, oh, we're gonna you know win the North, and we're not gonna give it back. And I'm like, okay, did did is Aaron Rodgers leaving Green Bay? Did I did I miss that? I mean. <laughs> you know, all that. Like I said before, I mean, look, you can go through my uh, through my uh, Twitter at, at Kingdom McGee, and you know, I had to give up the Tasmanian devil making salad because that, that's all I heard was a bunch of word salad. Like I, I don't, you know, I, I look. I mean, like I said before, they haven't, you know, start. You know, Polis hasn't done his first draft yet. You know, Iberfus hasn't coached his first game yet. Yes, they got Luke Getzey as the OC now, but you know, from Green Bay. But again, and but they also remember too, you know, Iberfus didn't seem really committed to saying that. You know, Justin Fields is a franchise quarterback. Shout out to our good buddy, uh, Mark Grody, who covers the Bears for 670 to score in WBBN News Radio 780. He didn't really answer that. I'm talking about Irifus. So mm-hmm. I heard, oh, oh look, I, I saw it from the tweets, and, you know, it was a bunch of word salad. I, uh, Peggy Kaziski, who we, we should try to get, get her on the show at some point. Of course, she's a, she's a retired, uh, you know, Chicago sports, you know, TV and radio personality. Mm-hmm. She hosts a, a, a very popular podcast with her son. Yeah, that's very just, good. Yeah, that's very good. So make sure you guys check that out. You know, if you guys have a chance, on all wherever you get your podcast. Yeah, Barroom Network. Yeah. So and when she said that, you know, basically, <laughs> you know, look, it was a lot of stuff. This was a lot of fluff to, you know, but basically it was just coach speak. So again, we don't. We okay, okay. So yay, great. All right, let's see what you guys can do. Look, I, look, I'm trying to say, look, we're not impressed. I mean, look, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not saying that they're going to be like that other Ryan and Matt that preceded them. But again, you know, I, I look, I don't know. Like again, you know, hell if I know, we don't, we just don't know. You're listening to Second City Sports on a hashtag Monday, the last month, the show for a Monday in January, right here on Sports on Chicago. We're live in eleven colors. Sid Lakina here with you. Lakina, speaking of the draft, and we talked about this, talked about this too, uh, uh, just a, for a brief moment on our sh- last show on, on Friday. Uh, shout out to our good friend of the show and colleague Sharray Staff from WBEZ uh, uh, regarding the draft. She said, um, "I believe the Bears only have four or five picks in this year's draft." Of course, remember, guys, no first round picks because Ryan Pace traded it uh, to get Justin Fields uh, for the New York Giant, New York Giants, and she asked. Uh, the new GM Ryan Poles, uh, how are you going to accumulate more picks? Of course, as you mentioned, he went through the word Sally and said, well, if there are that options out there, we can do it. And if not, we'll just stand back and do what we need to do. And uh, Lakina, that, that's going to be the million dollar question. I know both those guys talking about going down to the senior bowl later this week to scout uh, players or things along that line. But mm-hmm. Lakina, unless they acquire more picks in the next couple of years to rebuild this roster, uh, it's going to look the same or even worse. Uh, than it did this past season, and I don't want to get too pessimistic, but uh, we'll review uh, the uh, championship Sunday games coming up. But looking at those four teams last night, do you think the Bears are closer to a championship? No, are they close to being a playoff team if they make a couple moves in free agency? Maybe, but the, the ultimate goal is the Super Bowl. And looking at those four teams yesterday, are the Bears nowhere anywhere close to those teams right now with the, the way the roster is? No. I, yeah, I, I find it hilarious that folks were talking about, hey, we beat Cincinnati. Uh, okay, yeah, look, look at Burrow. Look at Burrow. Burrow almost won that game for Cincinnati in the fourth quarter, had mm-hmm. he had played pretty well consistently in the first half. And you got your butts kicked by the Rams in the Sunday night opener. I mean, you really can't say that too much about, oh, okay. But, uh, yeah, we'll get to that in a second. But, uh, again, look, 
and like I said, we'll get to all that in a minute. Sorry about that. I had to plug in my uh, my charger here. But uh, yeah, it, it's sort of one of those days where you sort of like, oh, okay, you know. Like I said, I, I've said this for the last few weeks since we you know we we you know we started talking about this. Mm-hmm. They're not ready. They're, they're, the Bears are ready to contain it. Yes, you know we don't know if Justin Fields is going to be a franchise quarterback. We don't. We still don't know that part yet. Dear Montgomery, okay, you may have to get rid of some guys on defense. You know, you may have to get mm-hmm. rid of you know Khalil Mack. You may have to trade him to get mm-hmm. those picks that your know, polls was talking about. So you know, at, at this point, we just we just don't know, and I think that's the problem. We just we just don't know. Look, we have to wait, you know, till he gets his first draft or coaches his first game, like our buddy Showtime said, and we we just don't know at this point. Also, to the subject of analytics was brought up by one of the reports. I forgot who asked that question. (laughs) Yeah, same here. Say that five times without stuttering. But (laughs) the subject of analytics was brought up, and GM Brian Pulse just commented and said he likes, uh, he was impressed by the analytics department that the Bears uh, had have already. I didn't know they had one, but Okay. I know me neither. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't either. Like, what? What's that? But yeah, he said he was impressed by the uh, analytics department, and he's going to use it going forward. My question is, Lakina. I know baseball is a different sport. It's all about numbers. Mm-hmm. as always or will be about numbers. But in football, if, if you could use it the right way, so be it. But that's your sole purpose on determining what a player is, what a player does, and, and, and determines who wins and loses ball games. If you're using that solely as your main source, you're going to have a problem. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, I think that's part. I think there are some teams that are probably learning that the hard way. We won't we won't mention the teams, but you guys, you guys probably know who I'm talking. Some of these I'm talking about. Yeah, I mean, I don't think the Bears have ever actually used analytics before, so it's going to be interesting to see if since Poles is more of an analytics guy, will he use analytics more? And looking closely here, okay, yeah, you know, they sound like nice guys, but again, if you know, it sounds like we're gonna. I'm look. I'm not. I don't want to say this, but we may be getting Ryan M at 2.0. I, I don't know. I hope that's not the case. But <laughs> we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, what you said to wait and see. Like like we said before, the Bears are close to 30 million dollars um, uh, in salary cap space, and they're gonna have some work to do. Of course, Khalil Mack uh, leads the team in salary with 30 million. Of course, Robert Quinn's next over 17 million. Eddie Goldman over 11 million. Nick Foles has a salary guarantee of 5 million, but his cap number is over 10 million. Uh, Jimmy Graham have a, over 4.6 million. Cody Whitehair at 12.3 million. Eddie Jackson over 15 million dollars. After that, uh, we went. We broke down the numbers uh, on our last show on Friday. Lakina, the, the Ryan Post has a lot of work to do. As I said on our last episode too, this new coaching staff. And when when it finally gets uh, finalized, they're going to look at every game from this past season from start to finish, and they're going to have some tough nights. You better have a couple of garbage hat cans next to you because I know they on a barf at what they've been looking there looking at. <laughs> oh gosh, you know, let's not hope it doesn't get to that. But yeah, like I said before, it's going to get interesting, and you know we'll we'll <laughs> see. I mean, look, we're this is probably the last thing we'll probably see from the Bears for the next couple of months, so we'll just have to wait and see. You listen to Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Cindy Brown. I'm Lakina McGee. Getting ready to talk, you know, break down championship Sunday recap. And we'll start with the AFC title game as the Cincinnati Bengals go to the Super Bowl for the first time since 1988. Yes, it's been that been that long, folks. Coming back from 18 points down to beat the Chiefs in overtime. And I didn't hear somebody say a single word. What a difference a week makes, right, Cindy? In the last week game, yes, you know, as the Chiefs beat Buffalo and such, but mm-hmm. you know, everyone's people were saying, "Oh, let's change the overtime rules. It's unfair." Blah mm-hmm. blah blah. I didn't hear those. 
I didn't hear a peep from those same people, you know, since he look, since he did what you're supposed to do when it's a you know, when what yeah. the first, you know, they got the interception, mm-hmm. you know, and look that they they sent him up the field goal and you know there, there may have been some other stuff that happened, you know, we'll we'll get to that in a second. But 27-24 was the final. Joe Burrow threw for two touchdowns. You know, Joe Mixon set, set, helped set up the uh, the Bengals for the you know the game winning field goal. Mm-hmm. You know the you know the Chiefs. You know, Mahomes looks kind of human throwing two interceptions in addition to three uh, touchdowns. You know the the running game. You know, look, I mean, the, the Bengals defense sort of pressured Mahomes, and you got to think Mahomes. You know, he was forcing a lot of a lot of throws. Well, what what do you th- what did you think about this uh, this game yesterday? Uh, the first half, Kansas City dominated, leading twenty one to three. They were on point. Uh, the running game outside of Jarek McKinnon wasn't a, was a non factor. And I told you on our last episode on Friday that Kansas City had to run the ball with a little bit more consistency. That didn't happen, especially in that second half. But going back to the first half, the Chiefs were on point, converting on every third down. Patrick Mahomes played within himself. He didn't force the issue, unlike in the second half. But but that touchdown, I believe, by Joe Mixon to uh, end the first half, that was key because Cincinnati trailed by 11-21-10. Going into that second half, I didn't expect the Cincinnati defense to step up. They played disciplined football. Uh, they stayed in la- their lanes and not let Patrick Mahomes really do what he wanted to do. As you mentioned, Mahomes forced the issue, and especially in that overtime. But Give Cincinnati's defense credit. They got to Mahomes four times, including that last play of regulation before uh, the game-tying field goal. Kansas City was, played the clock uh, perfectly, not giving Cincinnati the chance to go and win the game in regulation, even though Cincinnati technically was leading at the time by three. Uh, Kansas City basically shot themselves in the foot, and they really didn't commit to running the ball. I, I think they thought they were just going to do the same thing as they did in the first half. I know that's human nature. When you're up by a lot, you s- sort of coast. But they tried to force the issue in the second half. It just wasn't happening. As I mentioned, Cincinnati's defense, they forced uh, uh, two turnovers, and they got home to Patrick Mahomes four times. So that Cincinnati defense, you have to give them credit in the second half. And offensively, um, going to the numbers uh, for Joe Burrow, uh, he was only uh, he only had 250 yards passing. But give the Cincinnati offensive line credit; they only gave up one sack uh, after giving up nine the previous week at at Tennessee. So the offensive line for the Cincinnati Bengals deserve a lot of credit. Also, they deserve a lot of credit in the run game too. What did I tell you last Friday on the show? Joe Mixon needs to run to close to 100 yards for Cincinnati to even give them a chance to win. He had 88 yards off of 21 carries. So he did a great job. The offensive line did a great job, and they should be commended for it. In the receiving department, T. Higgins had six catches for 103 yards. Jamar Chase, as you mentioned, he had a couple of big catches late. He was double-teamed all day, but he still had six catches for 54 yards in a touchdown. I made a mistake. It was uh, uh, Perrine. They had that touchdown at, toward the end You're of the right, first half, yeah. not mixing. So I'll, I'll correct myself on that. Uh, he had three catches for 43 yards in that touchdown to end the first half to close the gap uh, in that first half. And Tyler Boyd had four catches for 19 yards. So Cincinnati um, stuck to the game plan. They really didn't commit a whole lot of penalties in the entire game. The, the first penalty wasn't committed to late in that third quarter by the Kansas City Chiefs for passing interference. So it was a well-played, clean game. And Cincinnati, give uh, Zach Taylor, their head coach, credit. He made some adjustments at halftime, and it paid off. Yeah, Von, yeah, Von Bell set up, you know, had that interception set the uh, the game winner for 
for Cincy. But look, I think what <laughs> what kind of you know changed you know the sort of the game I guess would be is the the first few seconds of the first half. You had. Um, I don't know what was going on there. I don't know if, you know, if Mahomes was trying to do too much and he was, you know, trying this and this and this, and then they, they, you know, the, the time ran out and then they couldn't, you know, come, you know, you know, go off a field goal, which kind of, I don't know if it would have, you know, made a difference, but I think it would, if you were Kansas city, had you had scored that field goal, maybe it would give you a little bit of a cushion. You couldn't make the adjustments <laughs> and look, the, the coasting thing. I, I mean, I don't, maybe, maybe that was true that maybe they did try to coast, but the problem is, is that, they know how this Cincinnati team is. So the fact mm-hmm. that they were trying to coast and, you know, like knowing, not knowing that they would come back, I think that's, that's on the coach, that's on the players. They thought that maybe, oh, well, since this is their first time here in like 30 plus years, oh, we'll just, you know, have a big lead and then we'll just, you know, make bad decisions and it turned out to come back to bite them in the butt. So that's another problem with the Chiefs. I mean, look, you're, you're happy for Joe Burrow, you're happy for, you know, Chase and Zach Taylor. And you know, the rest mm-hmm. of the, you know, look, it's been like, like I said, 30 plus years since, you know, since, since he has gone to the Super Bowl. So you look, there were 151, 50, 50 to one odds. So if you had since he going to the Super Bowl this year, you made a nice chunk of change last night. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I mean, look, I, I know people want to try to tout this as a David versus Goliath thing. We'll get to their opponent in a second. But look, had, look, last year, but the Bengals had they won a couple of those games. They were very close in about half their losses. If they had won the, you know, like a few of those games, they, they would have made the playoffs. So I don't know how far they would have gone. But, you know, the fact that they build this team through the draft through Burrow and Chase and others, mm-hmm. you know, a few other, you know, a few other guys, Jerry Sweet, you know, who had, you know, I mean, not, not that sweet, Avon Bell, who they picked up. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, they, they built this kind of like a little bit of everything. So, yeah. So credit to the whole organization. Yes, congratulations to the Cincinnati organization for reaching the Super Bowl for the third time uh, in franchise history. Uh, Taking a look at the numbers on the flip side for the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, as we mentioned, 26 of 39, 275 yards, three touchdowns and two interceptions. Jarek McKinnon, as I mentioned earlier, 12 carries for 65 yards. Patrick Mahomes, three carries for 19 yards. Carl Edwards Hilaire, uh, I, I forgot that he was still on the team. He's been injured off and on this year. He had six mm-hmm. carries for 36 yards. He was second on the team in rushing yards. In the receiving department, Travis Kelsey had 10 catches for 95 yards in a touchdown. Tyreek Hill, who was held down in the second half, he had seven catches for 78 yards in a score. And Miko Hartman had three catches for 52 yards and a score. And Pringle had two catches for 16 yards and McKinnon out of the backfield had three catches for 30 yards. Lakina, as I mentioned before, uh, the Kansas city looked unstoppable in that first half. And until Perrine scored that touchdown for Cincinnati, I thought that this was going to be a blowout, but I'm glad I was wrong. I wanted to see a competitive game. We got that in the second half, the last before that game time field goal, Lakina, Kansas city, their last uh, touchdown came with five minutes and four seconds remaining in the first half. And so they were completely shut out in that, in that second half, the Cincinnati's defense stepped up. They played disciplined football, no penalties in, uh, they called Kansas city off guard. Is it, you know, I'm wondering, is it because, you know, did Cincinnati make adjustments? Of course they did, but did the mm-hmm. fact that, you know, the chiefs were sort of just coasting and playing not to win. I mean, it's sort of one of those things where you kind of wonder, okay, you give you give the Bengals all the credit in the world, but did you think that maybe the Chiefs were kind of like, you know, sort of sitting there and thinking, oh, well, this is going to be easy. We're playing Cincinnati. This is their first mm-hmm. trip in, you know, 30-plus years, blah, blah, blah. For a lot of these guys, it's their first 
To and you put it home to me at Arrowhead. Yeah, so I think that, that that played a little bit of a factor, too. So I, I feel like, you know what, I mean, look, Mahomes was sacked four times. I mean, look, you'll give the defense credit. Look, hey, Bills, you're, you're, you're like one of the top defense in the league. You know, I think Cincinnati gave you the playbook. Why didn't you guys? <laughs> so, you know, you could have won that game, hello. But, yeah, I mean, look, I think. Well, look, I, look, I think the, the Bengals weren't scared. You know, they didn't, you know, they could have ran away and high. They didn't. And, you know, they came, they were able to come back and, you know, made a game of it. And they ended up winning it. So it's a little bit of those things where you like, I think the Chiefs sort of thought that, oh, well, you know, they thought they had already had it won and they didn't have to really do too much. Or, and the Bengals, you know, showing their, showing that discipline, showing that tenacity and ended up, you know, coming back to winning it. Yeah. Once again, congratulations to the Cincinnati Bengals. They'll be heading off to Super Bowl 56 in Los Angeles, uh, representing the American Football Conference 13 days from now. We hit the bottom of the hour with Lakina. When we return, we'll review the National Football Conference Championship game between the Los Angeles Rams and the San Francisco 49ers. And it's Tom Brady finally saying goodbye to the National Football League. We'll have uh, those subjects and a whole lot more. You're listening to Second City Sports on the last show for the month of January. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You're listening to Sports Zone Chicago. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. NBA tonight, the Bulls take on the Raptors. Chicago a half game out of first place in the East, 29-17 and 17 overall. Struggling lately, they've dropped 7 of 10. The Raptors coming off a win. They're six games out of first, a game over 523-22. Last night, they beat the Hornets 125-113 in Toronto. Tonight's matchup at United Center scheduled for a 7 o'clock tip-off. The Blackhawks are winless in four on the road tonight, visiting the Red Wings, 6.30 Central puck drop. The Hawks coming off a 2-0 shutout at Colorado on Monday night. Goaltender Marc-Andre Fleury reportedly receiving interest from the Washington Capitals as the trade deadline approaches. College basketball last night, big upset for number 24 Illinois, 56-55 over number 10 Michigan State. Loyola Chicago beat SIU 59-47. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders, that's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Deep breaths. My's virtual meditation studio has never been busier. Imagine not working. They need a remote assistant to realign their scheduling. Blank calendar. Sorry, back to your breath. Indeed can help them hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Make calls, schedule virtual interviews, and talk to candidates right from your employer dashboard. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, this is Discover, and we take customer service very seriously. We know that if you have a question or concern about your credit card, that's a serious matter, and you need to talk to a real person about it. So we offer around-the-clock access to seriously talented representatives in the USA. Again, it's a serious endeavor. The only funny thing about it is Bob. If you call us and Bob answers, you're in for a treat. Get 100% U.S.-based customer service and talk to a real person day or night. Discover exceptionally common sense. Welcome back to Second City Sports on the Monday edition, the last show for us in the month of January. We're live in the living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You, if you have a question or comment for us during our last uh, 90 minutes of the show, you can go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in 
questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Lakina, let's kick it over to Los Angeles where the Super Bowl will take place 13 days from now. But yesterday, the NFC Championship game was held there between the Los Angeles Rams and the San Francisco 49ers. These NFC West rivals uh, did battle yesterday. The 49ers have won the previous six meetings, including uh, the last uh, two for this season, but it was the Los Angeles Rams coming from behind, trailing 17-7 in the fourth quarter, scoring 13 unanswered points for the 20-17 victory. Matthew Stafford, who was acquired via trade from the Lions last offseason, uh, that investment finally paid off. He's finally going to the big show. Aaron Donald, uh, the defensive tackle for the Rams, he'll get his second trip to the Super Bowl, along with Von Miller, who they picked up off of waivers from the Denver Broncos mid midway through the season. The Rams started off sluggish, especially defensively. The 49ers took advantage of it, but the 49ers could not hold on. The Rams uh, come from behind to pick up that win at home. It, you know, the whole game you know, was kind of – the first quarter was sort of like a chess, you know, chess game. You, know, you figured, mm -hmm. okay, which – which team was going to play first? Because remember, these are these are two old rivals in the in the NFC West. So you wonder, okay, you know, you know what they're going to do here. But look, I think you know San Fran got the huge start. And, you know, the contact advantage was a couple of mistakes that was made by by the 49ers. You know, that you know the Rams scored a touchdown too. And you know, and the you know, the you know the, the third quarter was sort of like okay, you know, kind of coasting along. And also, the San San Fran was able to get get another touchdown, but. You know, unfortunately, from Kittle, unfortunately, it was all for not 30, you know, 13 points. You know, they scored, uh, the Rams did score unanswered. You know, Debo Samuel did, did what he could. You know, he had a touchdown catch. You know, he had some kind of wish they kind of depend on him a little bit more. I know he got banged up a little bit. Mm -hmm. I know, you know, Tariq, you know, Jakiski Tariq, you know, could have caught that, you know, interception that could have, I don't know, that, I don't know if that would have sealed the game for them, but it could have definitely. You know, made a little bit, you know, because you know the defense for the Rams were kind of struggling, but you know the, mm -hmm. the Rams sort, you know, the Rams even did kind of come in late. You know, Aaron Donald forced that interception by Jimmy G, and of course, you know, Jimmy G picked the wrong time to, you know, be Jimmy G. You know, that was a joke going around. So, you know, Matt Stafford had an early interception, you know, from Jim, you know, from Jimmy Ward, but you know, look, I mean, the fact that he was been able to he moved to a team, and mm -hmm. you know, they basically you know, the suit they didn't say super team, you know, they didn't want to say that, you know, they. They brought on Von Miller, of course, who is now both an NFC and AFC championship. Now, of course, he won a couple with Denver. He, of course, won a Super Bowl, won a Super Bowl MVP. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's sort of one of those things where you're kind of like, okay, you know, who got the best of whom? And I think, look, Sean McVay almost lost the game for him because he's used up all the challenges. That's probably the one bad thing he did all game. Like Especially the, the, that fumble by Justice yeah. Warzak. I don't know why he challenged that because you only had one timeout left in your pocket. Yeah. And we all saw on the replay that Swarzak was already down. Yes, and he so was. I, I, and, I, and I get it that you want to take a chance, but this is your season right here. You got to be very careful with that. He got away with it last night. Uh, if that situation comes up 13 days from now, I guarantee he's not going to get away with that. So you got to be much smarter than that. I think he's going to be a little bit smarter now, especially, you know, unless I don't me, I don't know if his headset wasn't working upstairs, or I'm sure they get they got somebody there to tell him, "Hey, look, don't." Challenge it's usually, yeah, yeah, it's usually those uh, coordinators that's telling yeah, him because so they got the replays. Who, he doesn't. Yeah, I don't know why. You know, I don't know who was listening. I don't know if he wasn't. Maybe he was going by his eyes. I don't know, but it just seemed like it was a little bit silly there. But luckily, that didn't become a factor. Thank the Lord. So it is a you know, you know the you know, the Rams are going back to the Super Bowl. You know, it's good they're playing in their home field. It'll be interesting to see. You know, Matt Stafford's going to his first Super Bowl after you know maybe from Detroit. 
I mean, it's it's sort of like, and of course, you know, they exercised their demons to the Rams did. You know, they were they had been 0 14, including the playoffs, but trailing by 10 plus points entering the fourth, mm-hmm. you know, 0 4 entering the season. So, you know, they got the win there in that sense, you know, being down 13 and they were able to come back and win. So, yeah, I, I mean, look, you're, you're happy for McVay. You know, he's going back to the Super Bowl. You're happy for Stafford, especially who was not in a very good situation in Detroit. Look, Cooper Cup had a couple of drops that could have, you know, advanced a little bit more, but look, he came back with two touchdown, two touchdown catches. You know, Odell Beckham Jr. is going to the Super Bowl for the first time. He had 113 receiving yards. You know, the running game wasn't really Yeah, his first 100-yard game since uh, 2019, I believe, in week six. Yep, yep. It's been that long. Because he's been yeah. injured the last couple of years, so congratulations yeah. to him. And also to Cam Akers. Um, the running game really wasn't that big of an issue, a factor, mm-hmm. but, you know, they, they did what they needed to do on the run game. You know, they, they, they weren't able to sack Jimmy G, but, you know, they did enough to kind of get him to kind of force him to make some mistakes, of course, that – Interception late that sealed the seal the game. For, you know Trayvon How Trayvon Howard. You know it was actually Aaron Donald that helped kind of you know made Garoppolo force to mm-hmm. to pass. So you know Howard was able to get the you know, the game, which ended up being the game clinching uh, interception. So you know, look, I mean the Rams. It wasn't pretty, <laughs> but you know what? Hey, look, this is not my style points. This way, as long as you win, so they got the win, and they're gonna be you know, you know hosting hosting the Super Bowl. I'm doing the air quotes here at home <laughs> at SoFi, and it'll be interesting to see how it's all is set up because. Are they going to be able to do their usual routine? I know last year Tampa Bay was able to do it. You'll sleep in their own beds and such. They didn't mm-hmm. have to go to a hotel. I'm, I'm thinking they're going to do the same thing. You know, the Rams will. So, I, look, I think I said it last week. I'm going to say here. I mean, look, Bengals versus Rams. I know. Oh no, no, look, I know a lot of people did not have the Bengals earlier this year, but mm-hmm. you know they're a formidable you know opponent. So this should be a really good Super Bowl. Going back to what I said on Friday, the San Francisco 49ers offensive line must play better because uh, Jimmy G got sacked, I believe, uh, five times by the Packers defense, especially right up up the middle last week. They did a heck of a job on Aaron Donald. His name was not called along with Von Miller's. Their name was not called through most of the game. Of course, Aaron Donald forced uh, Jimmy G to throw the ball at the end to seal the win for the Rams. So uh, the 49ers up to that point did a heck of a job on Aaron Donald. As I told you, he is a man child. Uh, uh, it looks like at times it's not fair because he's just bigger and stronger than everybody else. But that, that's the type of player that Aaron Donald is. But for, for the uh, for the Rams, they did what they had to do late. Lakina, uh, I don't know if you caught this during the game, but I believe Tom Rinaldi or Troy Aikman said this day practice last Thursday in pass in, 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 in preparation for the physicality that the 49ers were bringing. That's was exactly what happened. Like you mentioned, it was a chess match, match early, and the 49ers took advantage of the mistakes that the 49ers made in that fourth quarter. So congratulations to the Rams there. Taking a look at their numbers, Matthew Stafford, 31 of 45, 337 yards, two touchdowns in the pick. He was sacked twice, but it did not come back to haunt the Rams. And Stafford had a quarterback rating of a uh, glossing 96.3 yay <laughs> and you mentioned uh, the running game for the rams cam anchors 13 carries 48 yards sony michelle 10 carries 16 yards in the receiving part you mentioned kubo cub 142 yards off of 11 catches odell beckham nine catches 113 yards kubo cup had two touchdowns blanton had five catches for 57 yards tyler higby who was injured he had two catches for 18 yards so um, Matthew Stafford did what he had to. They spread the ball around a, a little bit, and, and that's what you need. Like you said, the running game wasn't uh, wasn't a factor as much, but 
Uh, they did what they had to do to win. And let's also give the Rams defense credit. As I mentioned earlier, Aaron Donald and Von Miller were put in check early, but they still got home to Jimmy G four times to uh, uh, picking up four sacks. And, of course, they had the, the interception by Traven Howard to seal the game. Yeah, and I think that definitely propelled them. And, look, look the Rams, yes they, yes, they brought in, you know, Von Miller from a trade. Yes, they gave up a lot to get Matthew Savard to come here, you know, trade to Ray Goff, Jared Goff. But, you know, they did build up from the draft. I mean, and picked up guys. I mean, Cooper, you know, Cooper Cup wasn't, you know, an early first rounder. You know, he kind of, you know, fit the right system for him. You know, they drafted Aaron Donald, who the Bears should have picked, but that's in the, that's another conversation. Um, look, Jalen uh, Ramsey, you know, was a, a draft pick. And so they're, look, they build from, yes, they build from, you know, they did a super team and such, but they did use a lot, a lot of their own draft guys. So, you know, I think you know, it, it's sort of one, I know people want to kind of make this into like, you know, hey, you know, this is, a you know, one team, Cincinnati, that builds, you know, from drafting and such. And then you have one team, you know, where, yes, they gave up a lot to get superstars, but yet they have guys who they've drafted too. So it's definitely going to be kind of a, an either or thing. And remember too, also Zach Taylor, um, you know, was there in, was there in Los Angeles for a few years. So yep. before he became Cincy's coach. So, you know, this should be a really, it's going to be a lot of storylines all around for the Super Bowl. And, Look, I, I don't know. I mean, I know I know like three and a half. I think that they're the Rams will be as a three and a half point favorite. That that might not move at that. That don't move at all. So, you know, like I said, we'll talk more about it next next week, but but you mm-hmm. know, since the week is off. But yeah, I mean, this should be a really entertaining super as long as we won't get the blowout like we had last year with Bucks and Chiefs. I think, you know, we're already like ahead of the game there. Yeah, and don't forget to both this is the first Super Bowl with both head coaches are under the age of 40. Sean McVay, 36, Zach Taylor, 38. As you mentioned, Mr. Taylor worked for McVay for the first couple of years of the McVay administration before he um he was hired by Cincinnati a couple of years ago. On the flip side for the 49ers, let's take a look at some of their numbers for the final time this year. Jimmy Garoppolo, 16 of 30, 232 yards. Two t- touchdowns in that late interception that sealed it for the Rams. Jimmy Garoppolo's quarterback rating was still after all this. A glossing 87.1. <laughs> Can't make this stuff up, folks. <laughs> in the re- Russian department, Debo Samuel, who was hurt early in the game but did come back in the Russian department, he had seven carries for 26 yards. Uh, Elijah Mitchell, 11 carries, 20 yards. That was one of the things that I said on Friday that San Francisco must do better was run the football, and they didn't do that enough for my liking. That's the reason, one of the reasons why why they are staying home today. Garoppolo had a carry for four yards in the receiving department. Debo Samuel four catches, seventy-two yards in an early touchdown. Brandon Ayuk four catches, sixty-nine yards. Elijah Mitchell out of the backfield three catches for fifty yards. And George Kittle had an early third quarter touchdown. He had two catches for twenty-seven yards. I thought they should have went to him a little bit more. Like, Keenan, talking about George Kittle. They started to do that last week, and especially in that second half in their win over Green Bay on the road. He, he had the touchdown, but they really uh, didn't go to him after that. And that was also uh, was another uh, problem, another reason why the San Francisco is going home today still preparing for a Super Bowl in 13 days. Well, I mean, I think they didn't run the ball. I mean, I, think, I know Samuel was banged, you know, was banged up, but you know, Mitchell, you know, he they, they, he was kind of having trouble too. I mean, that was sort of like the one thing where that front four of the Rams did was they kind of slowed him down. So I don't know what I know. Uh, I know Samuel was banged up a little bit, but you know that with the you know, but you know, it's sort of one of those things where I mean, look, the Four Niners they had a game in hand. You know, Jimmy G made some mistakes. You know, that whole play calling was you know not very good. 
I don't know. I don't know why they didn't have Sammy run the ball more. You know, maybe he was a little bit too hurt not to, but you know, like you could have like maybe kept the chains moving in that way. And you know, yes, Tarif, you know, could have should have cast caught that ball, but you know, who knows what would have happened after that. So I, I think people need to kind of just, you know, get off his back a little bit there too. So I, I don't know. I mean, look, there, look, there are still look in both these games. You know, you probably wonder like if they had gone this way, if they had called the this play more, or if they you know ran the ball more, or maybe they should have passed it. I, who knows? We we probably may never know. Before we move on, Lakina, and talk about Tom Brady, do you believe that Jimmy Garoppolo has played his last game in a 49ers uniform? I'll say yes. Yeah, I think after that last interception, yeah, I think so. I think, yeah, I think you really, you've been close. You know, you really couldn't afford it. Maybe you do need to trade Jimmy G, try to get something for him, maybe get some draft picks for him and, you know, have the Trey Lance era begin. Yeah, we'll see what happens in the weeks and months uh, going forward for the 49ers. You're listening to Second City Sports, the Monday edition, our last show for the month of January. We're live in the living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. That's Lakina McGee, which is she. I'm Cindy Brown. That's me, Lakina. Let's continue the football talk. Uh, the news came out over the weekend that Tom Brady, uh, a 22 veteran of the National Football League, of course, he played his last two years with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Of course, you mentioned the last year's Super Bowl when Brady uh, went in there and won it for the Buccaneers, uh, delivering that franchise. Uh, his second Super Bowl, of course, he has all his other six rings with the New England Patriots. Uh, the story came out that he's uh, going to announce his retirement. Of course, our, our good colleague in front of the show, uh, Kylie Mills for KR on in uh, news for out there in the Bay Area. She uh, talked uh, to Tom Brady's father, who his family still stays out there uh, on the West Coast where Tom Brady's from. And he said that Tom Brady didn't tell him that he was going to retire. So, and he said it's all a, a bunch of bunk. I'm just uh, paraphrasing here. So, but I still, in my, I said that Tom Brady is going to come back. I wouldn't be shocked if he announced that. But it seems like more and more to me that Brady and his camp is trying to control the narrative. Uh, and, and, it, and it's the, and this time Brady's right. He he's been playing uh, professionally, uh, professional football for the for part over two decades. Uh, the way he wants to announce it uh, is his right. So, but I, my gut is not telling me that eventually he's going to retire. Yeah, it's one of those days where I think maybe some you know maybe Alex Shepard or Jeff, Jeff Dar Darlington kind of jumped the gun a bit. I'm assuming mm -hmm. that you know he wanted to, he probably wanted to make I'm talking about Brady wanted probably wanted to make a a video you know thanking you know team his teammates you know his coaches friends you know his family what have you and I think someone might I don't know if it was maybe somebody in his you know circle or you know maybe somebody maybe one of his PR people maybe said hey you know Brady might be retiring and they jumped the gun on that so we we won't know for sure I mean if we. This will probably be the week to do it since, you know, there's no Super Bowl, you know, till mm -hmm. next week. So this might be, he might announce it sometime this week. He might announce it today right after our show. Who knows? But yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he decides to come back. I think you know, if he decides to leave, I think, look, he's, he's 44. Father time is undefeated. We've seen this with other various athletes. So, you know, he's got seven Super Bowls. He's got, you know, more, more wins in the playoffs. He's got you know best you know most passing touchdowns in the playoffs like mm -hmm. i don't know what else can he do like is there he has really <laughs> nothing he's got no like i said he's no i'm saying he has nothing to prove anymore and you know just as he's also the second player in nfl history to lead the league in both passing yards and passing touchdowns in his final season so 
Yeah, going mm-hmm. back to Cecil Isbell and, you know, back in 1942 with the Packers, there were only 10 teams then in the NFL, but that's how long it's been since you know, this record was broken. So I, I don't know. I mean, again, we'll have this conversation again once he does announce his retirement, whether it's mm-hmm. this week or maybe after the Super Bowl. But, you know, the fact that, the fact that he's been wrestling with this, that he is cons- really considering retiring, makes me think that he is going to announce it. It might not be – like it's just a matter of when he'll announce it. And we talked about this on our last episode uh, uh, last Friday, Lakina. Remember during that 2016 Super Bowl when the Patriots made that historic comeback against the Atlanta Falcons during that offseason, his wife, uh, Giselle Bunchen, who's a famous uh, supermodel, she said that he wanted Brady to retire. You remember he had a couple of concussions during that season and, and she kind of had to catch herself like, uh, I don't want to discuss that now, but she wanted him to retire then. But of course, Brady went on to play and won a couple more Super Bowls after that. But uh, he's done all he's he's needed to do. And I, I, I remember telling somebody a couple of years ago after um, Brady won his last Super Bowl with the Patriots, which they beat the Rams following the 2018 season, that whatever Brady does from that point on, he's added to his trophy case. Like you say, he has nothing else else to prove. He's done what he he's needed to do throughout his career. Uh, um, a a, a six-round draft pick. Uh, he barely played his rookie year uh, with the Patriots. He got his shot at a Drew Bledsoe, got hurt in the following season, 2001. Started that run with Patriots. Of course, him and Belichick would go down perhaps the greatest quarterback head coach tandem in NFL history because of the championship number of championships they brought to that franchise. So Tom Brady, he has nothing left to prove to me. I wasn't a big Patriots fan, but he always had my respect. And so Tom Brady has out to you on a great career. We'll probably be repeating this again too, like maybe a few days from now or maybe next week after <laughs> next or two, two weeks from now. So I don't know, but yes, yeah, it's, it's one of those days where we'll stay tuned. Yeah, I guess we're going to have Brady watch, I guess. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. Now let's talk about some of the coaching, uh, Vegas mm-hmm. that are starting to be filled up. Josh McDaniels has been touted to coach the Las Vegas Raiders. So what do you think about that move? Let's say if he learned from his mistakes um, when he coached the Denver Broncos. I was uh, during the later half of the uh, 2000 into the 20 teens. Of course, he left New England the first time. Of course, he had that whole mess with Jay Collier, and that's why he ended up here in Chicago via trade prior to the 2009 season. But let, let's see if he learned from his mistakes. And he's going to get Derek Carr. You're going to get a playoff team, which they barely made it in on the last day of the season. Let's see, uh, that defense is not that great, but it was good enough to uh, be competitive this year. Let's see if they can get some playmakers around Derek Carr. Because, you know, Henry Ruggs, he's going to jail for his DUI foolishness. And they had some other issues going on. Um, John Gruden and a couple other players, they had their issues. So the Raiders persevered through that. So let's see what Josh McDaniels can do. Can he turn Derek Carr into a top five quarterback? We'll see. But they still need a couple playmakers around him. Yeah, I agree. I think I'm, I'm sure he and I think I think Carr I think definitely fits the offense what McDaniel's tries to play. I think that he's still pretty good. I think they they may have mm-hmm. to they'll probably have to make some tweaks a little bit maybe in that O line and D line as well. So we'll see mm-hmm. what happens there. Brian Dave, of course, you know after right before the Bears presser that you know, the Giants had their pressure to presser to announce him and also to uh, Joe Shen as their GM and head coach. You know Brian Dable was I think. I don't know if he was, you know, really a contention for the Bears job. I know some Bears fans were sort of kind of, you know, wish that he had gotten the gotten the job since, you know, he's Dave Balls, of course, you know, the longtime OC with the with the Bills, and you know, he being being more of an offensive, you know, guy. I think that's why the Bears fans wanted him. So, what do you think about this one? 
Uh, like you said, I wanted him here in, here in Chicago, but uh, things didn't, didn't work out for whatever reason. Uh, good luck to him in, in his new job. He's going to have to work to do with that roster as well. And so we'll we'll see what happens. As I said before, offenses is the name of the game. You got to have talent. First, you got to have uh, a franchise quarterback to start off with. Number two, you got to have playmakers to uh, uh, to help uh, the quarterback make plays. Uh, Dayball had that in Buffalo with Josh Allen. And of course, uh, as I said before, Josh Allen didn't take out till he had the number one wide receiver in Stephon Diggs, and he's been an MVP candidate of um, ever since. And so Dayball's going to have a lot of work to do, and hopefully, uh, the manager will help him out and then and give uh, give him the tools that he needs to win. All right, another one is, you know, the Packers, who's a longtime OC, Nathaniel Hackett. He's now the new head coach at, you know, the Broncos. He's actually pretty funny because he's actually competing with uh, his old old boss, Matt LaFleur, as the sexiest coach in the NFL. <laughs> I, I know, I think Cliff Kingsbury, he and Cliff King, Kingsbury may have that, you know, maybe fine for that title, but that's another, <laughs> that's a whole other thing. But uh, yeah, what do you think about this move? Do I smell a potential Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams reunion? Hmm. Well, hmm. no, well, look, I think the whole thing with me here is at the altitude. I mean, it, are the Broncos primed to win now? Like, if you're Aaron Rodgers, if you, you have, yes, your, old, your OC is over in Denver, but, you know, that AFC West is uh, competitive from top to bottom. Yeah. You know, of course, you know, the Chargers, of course, you got the Chiefs, and um, who else, who else is in the division? <laughs> I forgot. Yeah, the Chargers who missed barely missed the playoffs this year. Of course, and the, we all and know what the Las Vegas Raiders. So in the Raiders, yeah. So all those, except for the Chargers, every last those team, three of the four teams made the playoffs this year. Yeah, and also too, look, those teams are actually pretty good, and also you got good quarterback play. Let's see, we'll see how Carr, you know, if Carr and you know McDaniel's, if his, uh, if, if his his style can you know, can you know, rec, you know be you know conducive to him. But yeah, I mean that's a tough conference. So and plus the Chiefs. Look, I don't know if they're going to give away that the division anytime soon. That they might be angry about after what happened, you know, yesterday. So, yeah. I hear Aaron Rodgers. Like, I'm, I wouldn't go to. I would stay in my butt in NFC North, but that's just me. Here's the thing about Aaron Rodgers, and we talked about this uh, on our last show. Uh, the Green Bay Packers are forty-five, forty-six million dollars in the hole uh, in terms of the salary cap. If Aaron Rodgers wants to stay in Green Bay, he has to take a pay cut. I know some people are going to say. Well, Aaron Rodgers has all the money in the world. That shouldn't matter to him. This is the NFL. Only 25 to 30% of your salary is guaranteed. Mm -hmm. And so you could be cut at any time. So if you're Aaron Rodgers, you want to pick up as much money as you can before you retire. Now, if you're Aaron Rodgers, this is the question I want to ask our uh, listeners out there. You can go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions and comments in the comment section. Lakina, I ask you, if you're Aaron Rodgers, you're 38, you're about to be 39 years old by the time next season starts. Do you want to play in a warm climate or go play for a team that has a, a dome that you're going to play in at least eight times a year? I would. Well, that's the thing. Like, okay, who among that list is, is, uh, competitive and can't compete next year. New Orleans, Those you play in the Dome. Well, I mean, you don't know who the and You play in weather in Carolina and Tampa Bay twice a year, so that's 10 yeah. games right there. Right Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing with New Orleans. You don't know who the coach is going to be. They may go with a more defensive mind. They may go with Dennis Allen, just promote from within, so you don't know. I mean, that that's going to be the key. The thing, and it, look, if Brady does retire, does that offense fit Aaron Rodgers, you know, the, you know whoever, mm -hmm. whether left, which is still there or not? And, you know, also, too, maybe, maybe I, was, I heard some people say Indy. I mean, that AFC South, yeah, you know, it, it's not you know, it's not that tough. I mean, you do have to pay, you know, compete against 
you know, the, the Titans and, you know, those type of things. But I don't know. I mean, look, you're going to – look, we don't know. I guess we're going to be going through this drama again with Aaron Rodgers. Yay. So uh, it'll be interesting <laughs> to see what happens there. Um, a couple of other uh, coaching bases. There are actually still some uh, head coaching bases. We talked about the Saints um, earlier. Of course, Jacksonville is still up for grabs. Uh, Rick Basaccia, who you know was a contender for the Raiders job, didn't get it. Now he's supposed to be interviewing today for that job. Um, also to the Vikings, I think it's down to D'Amico Ryan's, uh, and uh, I think a couple. I know they had permission to talk to Jim Harbaugh over the weekend. Yeah, that that whole thing of Harbaugh is getting on my nerves. You know, then I heard somebody yeah. saying, "Well, it's a I don't see him taking Miami. that job not yeah, with Minnesota." I, not, uh, yeah, I mean Minnesota. I mean Miami. No, the whole thing. I just wish he would just say something and said, "Look, I'm staying in Michigan." Because I, I still think that's going to be the ultimate what he's going to do. Because all this stuff about, well, hey, I know what this person said. I know this person because I've seen a couple of tweets from people that I know who I trust are, are putting out those type of stuff. I guess for clicks, I'm like. What are you doing? Do you know this for sure? Are you hearing this from like a, a, a Big Ten rival school or recruiter? I mean, I don't. It's just like this. I wish he would just say something, because I think at this point I'm over all of this. So I, I don't know. It is just absurd to me at this point. Yeah, I'm with you too, uh, Jim Harbaugh. I think ultimately is going to stay at Michigan. As I told you a couple of weeks ago, Lakeen, this is all about money and leverage with Harbaugh. You asked me uh, what what is he doing uh, after the season with Michigan. Well, if the NFL wants to come calling and I want to take that job, they offer me the most money, I'll take it. If not, I'm staying my butt at Michigan. Right now, Michigan is right there to be competitive next year uh, in college football. Now, the question is, can they beat Alabama? Can they beat Georgia? That's the ultimate question. But if you're Jim Harbaugh, you're in a perfect position right now. I think I'm with you. He's going back to Michigan. All right, real quick, our studs and does for the championship Sunday. Uh, that Cincinnati defense. I will, uh, the Cincinnati defense, Joe Burrow, let's see, from the NFC. I'll give it to Matthew Stafford and Aaron Donald, who helped uh, um, make that defensive play at the end. I'll, yeah, I'll keep you. I like Evan McPherson. This is like his third you know, game winning field goal. He's only a rookie, he's a kicker. And I he did not he have a Gary Anderson moment from 1998 right, Minnesota exactly. Vikings. <laughs> right. That, yeah, that, oh, yeah, that would, that, oh, yeah. I know Minnesota fans are still ooh, kicking themselves. Because <laughs> I remember he was at Florida, he made a couple of big kicks there, too. So, you know, mm -hmm. good for good for him. And look, you know, third time, you know, the, the, the moment's not too big for him. We'll see if it comes to hopefully it doesn't come to that in the Super Bowl, but you never know. Uh, he's one of my studs. Um, Joe Burrow also, too. You know, the LSU guys, you know, him and Jamar Chase and, uh, you know, one of his old line. You know, they actually have a nice little picture of him. You know, I got to get the guys. I got to go down and get the, uh, the, the young man's name that, you know, the, from the old line. He protected his, uh, he was a fast protector for him. Me and they were at LSU together. Of course, they won the national championship. So, you know, they had a little photo of him, you know, back then when they were in college after they won the championship. And, and now, you know, right now, you know, after winning the ASA championship. So that was pretty cool. Also, too, uh, you know, there were the Rams. I think that, you know, they, they came back from 13 down. They were able to end up winning the whole thing. Now, duds, real quick. Jimmy Garoppolo, the whole entire Kansas City coaching staff in that second half. And my third dud, who will it be? Who will it be? Oh, boy, boy, boy. There's just the two I can think about right now. So uh, Garoppolo and the entire Kansas City coaching staff, uh, um, okay. coaching staff for that bad second-half performance. Okay, Tyler Chauvin, that's the name of the uh, the old the, the tackle, the left tackle from uh, that you know, Joe Burrow. He passed right for Joe in, uh, in college, mm -hmm. and now they had that, that photo that was circling all over the place you know, with them you know, three years ago and then now going to the Super Bowl. That was a pretty cool moment. <laughs> uh, Duds, uh, 
yeah, the Chiefs, what the hell happened? Like, y'all y'all were right there to win it. If y'all would actually done what y'all supposed to do and kept, you know, doing what you're supposed to, maybe you probably would have blown uh, the Bengals and not let them hang around. Um, also, too, uh, Kyle Shanahan, who I like a lot, but, you know, some of the quick decisions that he makes sometimes, oh, gosh. You would think his dad, think his dad Mike, would have talked him a few things. I know he's been through the ringer himself, but yeah, maybe you should call his dad maybe a little bit more about it. <laughs> also, to C- CBS, whoever the whoever the audio person or audio production person is, that whole thing with um, doing the halftime show. I know. I saw somebody. Yeah, whoever was performing, you can hear them more. You can hear the uh, the uh, the the color analyst. Uh, that was that was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, Phil Sales actually made a funny joke about it. Like, hey, I'm trying to talk here. <laughs> that was hilarious. But uh, yeah, that was just not a good look. Uh, Walker Hayes, who's a Grammy-nominated country singer, he's one of the rising stars of country music. He was playing in the background and. I know that the CBS NFL today they didn't do their uh they didn't do the shows from you know live because of COVID and such. Maybe I need to stick to doing that because that was just not a like yeah that look. I know they have to do like you know the sponsors and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. you know maybe go outside perhaps or if especially if you're in a stadium where it's gonna get that and there's someone's gonna be performing or maybe just go back to do it in a studio. Maybe I don't know, but yeah, those are my duds. <laughs> oh, and one more quick stud, um, Brandy the singer. Uh, I know she's from Los Angeles. She did the national anthem for the NFC Championship game, a.k.a. Moesha. Shout out to her. She sounded great and looked great yesterday. Check her out. I just wanted to get that out. Yeah, check her out on Queens uh, on ABC or you stream on Hulu. It's a really great Mm -hmm. show. She coast, you know, she's one of the stars of that show. So make sure you guys check her out on that show. So our one in the books, hour two is coming up next. We're talking about. Bulls in the NBA, the Bulls, you know, had a setback against the Spurs on Friday, but they came back yesterday, in case y'all missed it. Y'all are busy watching the, the title <laughs> games. Um, also to uh, you know, the Lakers, what 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 can they do now? It's just crazy. Also, also too, we'll be doing college football and we'll be kicking off our Black History Month celebration, honoring the late great Doug Cornelius and a whole lot more. Also, too, Rafa makes history at the Austria, Austria Open. So a lot to do, lot to do. you know, coming up next in the 1 o'clock hour with Sydney Brown. I'm Lakeena McGee. This is Second City Sports on Sports Social Chicago, and we'll see you in a couple minutes. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. NBA tonight, the Bulls take on the Raptors. Chicago, a half game out of first place in the East, 29-17 and 17 overall. Struggling lately, they've dropped 7 of 10. The Raptors coming off a win. They're six games out of first, a game over 500, 23-22. Last night, they beat the Hornets 125-113 in Toronto. Tonight's matchup at United Center scheduled for a 7 o'clock tip-off. The Blackhawks are winless in four on the road tonight, visiting the Red Wings, 6.30 central puck drop. The Hawks coming off a 2-0 shutout at Colorado on Monday night. Goaltender Marc-Andre Fleury reportedly receiving interest from the Washington Capitals as the trade deadline approaches. College basketball last night, big upset for number 24 Illinois, 56-55 over number 10 Michigan State. Loyola Chicago beat SIU 59-47. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Deep breaths. Mai's virtual meditation studio has never been busier. Imagine not working. They need a remote assistant to realign their scheduling. Blank calendar. Sorry, back to your breath. Indeed can help them hire great people fast. I need Indeed. 
Indeed you do. Make calls, schedule virtual interviews, and talk to candidates right from your employer dashboard. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, this is Discover, and we take customer service very seriously. We know that if you have a question or concern about your credit card, that's a serious matter, and you need to talk to a real person about it. So we offer around-the-clock access to seriously talented representatives in the USA. Again, it's a serious endeavor. The only funny thing about it is Bob. If you call us and Bob answers, you're in for a treat. Get 100% U.S.-based customer service and talk to a real person day or night. Discover exceptionally common sense. Welcome back to our number two of Second City Sports live and in living color for a Monday right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Brown. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S I D K I D 80. That's S I D K I D 80. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan McGee on the IG. We have less than 60 minutes left in today's show. If you have a question or comment for us, if for any of our topics, you can go to, to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in questions or comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Lakina, as always, we kick off the second hour of our program by discussing the NBA at large in the course of the Chicago Bulls. Let's start off with the Chicago Bulls, as you mentioned, Lakina. The Bulls lost to the Spurs on Friday, but they bounced back with a big win at home yesterday to the Portland Trail Blazers, 130-116. to For the Chicago Bulls, they were led by uh, Nikolai Vucevic. He had 24 points and 14 rebounds. DeMar DeRozan, the all-star starter, he had 23 points off of 9 and 13 shooting. And Zach Levine, uh, he didn't have the greatest shooting day yesterday, but he was much more aggressive taking the ball to the basket. He had 20 points off of 7 and 18 shooting. Ayo Dezuma continued to impress ever since Caruso went out, uh, allows the ball went out with their uh, injuries. In 34 minutes of action, Ayo Dezuma had 7 points, 6 rebounds, and 11 assists. And so uh, that young rookie continues to get better and better. And also, too, Kobe White. In 31 minutes of action off the bench, he had 18 points off of 5 of 12 shooting, including 3 of 7 shooting from, from three-point range. Yeah, it was, you know, it, it was actually probably the best game the Bulls have played in the last couple of weeks. I know they've mm-hmm. had you know, kind of an up and down last couple of weeks. But, you know, in case you guys missed it, because I'm sure, you know, some people probably did because they were busy watching the AFC Championship game. This was during that. It was a 2.30 tip-off. But, you know, look, you know, Vucevic, you know, had 24 and 14. You know, he had a double-double. Zach, you know, struggled a little bit, but he really didn't have to do too much. I mean, he didn't mm-hmm. did enough, you know, score 20. Of course, DeRozan did his thing and also do with 20 points. But it was a Kobe White, I mean, who's been asked to do a lot, you know, the last few weeks. He, of course, he had 18 off the bench. So, look, this is a nice, you know, win for the Bulls. They're 31-18. I mean, of course, that, that matches last year's win, last season's win total. So, they're already, you know, they're 49 mm-hmm. games in. They've already won 31. So, that's, that's uh, you know. Just a short of remarkable what this team has done, despite you know being having to pause for a week because of COVID, you know, have mm-hmm. you know, deal with injuries and such. You know, of course, they're still they're still shorthanded because you know Caruso and Ball are out. They're only a half game out of Miami for the uh, for the number one seed in the East, so you know, a lot you know to be decided still. But you know the Bulls look if you're 31 and 18, and especially right there at the number two slot, 
just uh, just a half game out, just a hair out of that number one seed in the East. You got to be feeling pretty good if you're a Bulls fan right now. Yeah, so we said this for the last few weeks on the show. Just play around or slightly above 500 for the rest of tomorrow will be February. But play uh, around or slightly above 500 uh, until Caruso and Lonzo Ball come back later on this month or early in March. And because, as I said before, Lakina, do you think Philadelphia will get to the rest of the NBA at large in a few minutes? But do you think that Philadelphia is going to run away with this conference? I don't think so. Miami is up there right now. They should be respected. But do you think they're going to just all of a sudden take off and run away with the East? No. Will Milwaukee take off and run away with this? Maybe, but I don't think so. They're just trying to get healthy enough to uh, um, get ready for the playoffs. Will mm -hmm. Boston do it? Hell no. So uh, the Bulls are right there. I know Cleveland is, is a surprise team as well, but do you think they're going to take over the Eastern Conference? I don't think so. So as we said before, the Bulls just play 500 or slightly above 500 ball. You'll be right there uh, once uh, Caruso and Lonzo Ball get back in the uh, early part of March. And that's all you can ask for this team. I mean, mm -hmm. I know that they're playing shorthanded. They're getting guys kind of back and forth from the Wayne City Bulls, their G League team. And, and look, I mean, it's sort of one of those things where I think you just said it, Sid. I mean, none of those teams in the East scare me right now. Of course, with the Nets still being shorthanded, KD is going to be out till. Yeah, they're not going to take off either. We'll get yeah, to their and, game on Saturday in just a minute, but well, I don't yeah, see them we'll taking off and uh, run away with the East. Well, we have, especially with KD being out for like about a month, he might come back about the same time as either Caruso and Ball. So. Mm -hmm. He's not coming back. I know Harden's been banged up too. So, you know, mm -hmm. you know, seeing that game, you know, we'll get to that in a second, that game against Golden State. But yeah, it's sort of one of those things where you're, you're kind of like, okay, look, the Bulls, all you could ask for were the Bulls, you know, look, this team's already matched this year's, this, you know, last season win total. They're number two in the East. You know, they've got a, I don't want to say a light schedule, but they still got, you know, a couple of tough, you know, matchups. They, they have Orlando tomorrow. They have to go at Toronto. You know, on Thursday, then they got to go right back and play Indiana on Friday. So mm -hmm. they could win two or all three of those games if they can you know, at least you know do what they're doing. You know, have a um, you know, not not you know cough up the lead, which they didn't do. Uh, they didn't do. Thankfully, they they were able to pull away in the fourth against Portland mm -hmm. yesterday. They're they're having their own problems, but we'll get to them in a second. But you know, look, that's all you can do. I mean, you got a couple more weeks up to the All Star break. As long as you're right there in the top two or top three in the East. Going to the All Star break, you're already well past the test so far. Yeah, and like you mentioned, the the schedule is favorable uh, until the All Star break, so there's no excuse to win the majority of those of those games. So you have the players to do it. Hopefully, COVID doesn't come around and knock on their door anymore. Uh, no pun intended. Uh, hopefully, you don't have any more serious injuries. Uh, those two scenarios are, are the case. I expect this Bulls team to play at 500 or slightly above 500, and they should be fine. Uh, a couple other notes from yesterday's game: Javante Green. Uh, you know, he's one of my new favorite players on the Bulls this year. His energy and hustle uh, is much needed on this team right now. You, of course, he was injured for the last se several weeks. In 24 minutes of action yesterday, he had 16 points off a of 6-9 shooting. Yeah, he had three rebounds, and which was, was key on that run in the fourth quarter for the Chicago mm -hmm. Bulls. And also, too, uh, Tony Bradley. It's nice for him to show up, <laughs> finally. <laughs> 10 points and 6 rebounds. Can we get that from him every single night? That'll be nice. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, yeah, that I would. Yeah, we would throw up a parade if we can do that every every game. I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean, look, he's got the size. I know he doesn't want to. He's got the size. He can be the interior guy. So if 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 AK and you know Eversley do bring in somebody, you know, be a trade or be you know, off waivers or whatever. But you know, it's sort of one of those things where you get like the you, you brought him in for a reason. You know, be that guy. I and mean, look, he he pulled it off. You know, that game against Portland yesterday. So you know, this is what. This is what you want, you know, consistency. If we get, look, if Booch and Zach and Demar, if they do their thing and Kobe and look, Io, mm-hmm. you know, had his struggles yesterday. He only scored seven, but you know what? That's okay. Look, he's still a rookie, folks. And they think people need to kind of mm-hmm. just, you know, kind of get off his, you know, get off his back. I mean, look, he's going to have his struggles. You know, he really had to shoot too much, which is, you know, fine. But, you know, look, he mm-hmm. did it in other ways. Such you get a couple of steals and, you know, such. So, Look, people need to remember that AO is still a rookie, so I think people need to kind of just you know give him off his back a little bit there. And, and like I said before, I mean, as long as you finish well, at least you win most of your games going to the All Star break and be right there in the top two or top three in the East, you're you're golden. Uh, on the flip side for Portland, yesterday, uh, take a look at some of the numbers from their key players. Uh, Nurkic in 26 minutes of action, he had 11 points and four rebounds. CJ McCollum, who has to had to pick up the slack in the absence of Dame Dollars, the kids were calling Damian Lillard for the government. <laughs> CJ McCollum had 29 points off of 13 of 23 shooting, including two of seven for three point range. And Anthony, Anthony Simmons, uh, the name sounds familiar to you guys in that. Sham of an all-star weekend last year in Atlanta. He won the slam dunk contest, but he's proved to be more than just a dunker. In 33 minutes of action, he had 21 points off of 5 of 10 shooting for a three-point range. I know some people may uh, want to build. Some people say maybe you could build around him or use him in a trade piece for Ben Simmons. I don't know if that's going to happen, but that young man is starting to come into his own. Yeah, he really has, and, you know, 21 points. And, and look, I know uh, Portland. I know, especially you know, Dame Dollar, Dame Dollar being in and out of the lineup. I know he's off. Mm-hmm. I think for another. I think for what I read, he's off for like maybe not till after the All Star break. So you probably won't mm-hmm. see him till then. But uh, their AK is below five hundred now, and at, I honestly can they make a run to maybe perhaps get into that play in? Who knows? I mean, it's going to be very tough for them. You know, a Simmons versus Simmons trade. I mean, do you really want to take a chance? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Does right. Chauncey Billis want to be bothered with Ben Simmons? I don't know, but uh, you know, you know, something to look out for. We've heard all different types of rumors at this point, so I, I just it, it's just weird. But yeah, I mean, look, Portland. I think he probably says one of the more disappointing teams this year. You know, of course, we do the kind of like the oh, I know they had COVID issues early. I know they've also had injury issues too. Of course, you know, Dame's out still, and yeah, I mean, like, I Portland's kind of like when I don't know, like. You know, the trade rumors with Dame and everything else that's been going on. I mean, look, they're doing what they can to kind of say, oh, Florida, I mean, you know, CJ McCall had 29, no, Norman Powell had 22. But I, I don't know, like, is that, you know, should they may have to, you know, wipe everything down and start over? Maybe, who knows? You're listening to Second City Sports on the Monday edition, our last show for the month of January. We're live in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. That's Lakina Imsed. Uh, continuing our uh, NBA talk uh, for this uh, half hour. Lakina, let's go to the best and worst from the association from this past weekend. And we'll start with that Saturday night showcase, the first of the year 
uh, for uh, for ABC. Uh, you mentioned the Nets and the Warriors. The Warriors defeated the Brooklyn Nets 110 to 106. Clay Thompson had a big three point shot uh, uh, to uh, basically seal the win for the Golden State Warriors as Brooklyn was trailing by double digits. They made a late comeback, but Clay Thompson's three point shot with just around 10 seconds to go basically sealed that win. Uh, for the Golden State Warriors, taking a look at some of the numbers from that game on Saturday. As I mentioned, Klay Thompson had 16 points off of 5 of 14 shooting. Steph Curry, um, he struggled shooting as well. He only had 19 points off of 3 of 10 shooting from 3-point land. But it was Andrew Wiggins, the first-time All-Star. He had uh, 24 points off of 10 of 18 shooting for Golden State in 37 minutes of action. Yeah, you could tell that this is when Durant was missed from the Nets. I mean, also, mm-hmm. Harden didn't play either. So they were, you know, the, this sort of like is sort of a, an asterisk win for me because, yes, the Warriors, you know, you take the win, but, you know, the Nets were shorthanded, you know, no KD, no Harden, you know, look, you know, I, I, you know Kyrie, you know, did what he could, you know, lean the way at 32. I know Patty Mills mm-hmm. kicked it with, with 24. But that was basically it. I know James Johnson had 14, but that was it for guys and double figures for the Nets. Yeah. So. Take that for you know, if you will, and look at the fact that you know the Nets. That's why you know Wiggins has stepped up. That's why Wiggins got his first All Star game. He's kind of picked up the slack in case you know mm-hmm. Steph. You know Steph has his shooting struggles, and if you know Clay is still trying to get his conditioning in and such, and also to um, you know Bajita Bajika had uh, Namisha Bajika had seventeen off the bench. He was kind of like the unsung hero for the Warriors in that game. So it, it's one of those like you know I don't want to say this is a, I kind of did say it was Ash. Trish win because they were shorthanded, but you know, you take the win if you're the Warriors, but you know, mm-hmm. if you're the Nets, you're your candidates where you can get Harden and you know KD back together. Yeah, as, as we mentioned before, Lakina, you cannot depend on Kyrie. We know his, what his situation is right now. We won't get into we've gone over it a thousand times, but you need Kevin Durant and James Harden both on the floor at the same time for uh, for the Nets to win. So we'll see what happens with the Nets going forward. Now, breaking news that just crossed the uh, wires a f- uh, from a few minutes ago. Jazz forward Joel Ingles has suffered a torn ACL for the Utah Jazz, and he'll be out for the season. What will Utah's management do at the trade deadline? That's going to be interesting, too. And I, that was a bummer. I heard it from uh, uh, one of you know, our favorites, Holly Rowe, who, of course, does great ESPN side reporting for college football. So she's been doing silent reporting for the Jazz uh, TV network. And yeah, I, I heard it when it happened, and I was just, and I actually mm-hmm. saw the replay in that game against Minnesota, and I was like, oh gosh, that's a that that's not good. You know, I, I saw how how Ingles landed it that it that didn't look good at all, and mm-hmm. you're like, yeah, you know, the Jazz, you're already having questions of whether or not you can, you know, win the big one and go deep in the playoffs, which you haven't been doing the last few years. Now you lose one of your top guys, and now with you know, Angle's gone and Mitchell's still in concussion protocols and, you know, mm-hmm. you've had other issues. And stuff. I think Gobert is still out. So, yeah. it, you know, I, 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 what, what, if you're Utah, what do you do? I mean, you lost by 20 in that game last, uh, last night against Minnesota. Well, what, what can you do if you're the, if you, you're Utah, can you do anything? Yeah, that's a million dollar question. Uh, the Feb, uh, the trade deadline for the NBA is on Thursday, February the tenth. Lakina, the Los Angeles Lakers on their Grammy road trip is a the the road trip from hell continues. They lost to Charlotte on Friday, one seventeen to one fourteen. Both Anthony Davis and LeBron James did not play. Michael Jordan left in the middle of that game, and his team still wins. Maybe you should do that every game, and the Hornets will find a way to win. I don't know, but. 
uh, the Lakers lost that game on Friday in front of a national TV audience. And then, of course, yesterday in the early game at Atlantis, the Hawks come from behind to defeat the Lakers 129-121. to Lakina is, is another million-dollar question. Uh, a couple of them. Will Frank Vogel get fired uh, around the All-Star break? And what can they do at the trade deadline? You you cash-strapped. Uh, Tate and the Horland Tug is the only tradable piece that you have. You don't have, you don't have really many other draft, future draft picks to give up. What can you do at this point? You probably just had to write this out. You're going to have to, and you got to hope that maybe LeBron and AD can come back and stay healthy. I think that's going to be the question. Look, Westbrook's doing what he can, and then Malik Monk can only do so much. Hmm. And I know Anthony Davis played in that game, you know, led the, you know, was it had 27, but you got to keep him healthy in that game against Atlanta. And look, they, they shot well. It's just that you know, they were able to hold the lead. So, and, and it's, mm-hmm. you know, to the credit of, you know, Trey Young led the way with 36 and, you know, John Collins had 20 and they helped kind of, you know, propel that comeback. Also, also to, uh, to, uh, a Kongu, that's, he kind of like kind of led the way that comeback too for Atlanta scoring mm-hmm. 16 off the bench. So, I mean, you know, if you're the Lakers, you, you, what, what can you do? What, what, what can you do? I think that's another question. Just like Utah, what can they do now? They're, you know, Utah is not as cash strapped as the Lakers are, but they right. have nothing. You know, you know, Horton Tucker is really the only tradable piece that you got. So, are you going to be able to get somebody to come in? Like, who knows? Staying with the Western Conference, the Dallas Mavericks were upset by the Orlando Magic yesterday, one ten to one hundred eight. I know Luka Doncic had another triple double. On the flip side for Orlando, Cole Anthony, uh, he's announced that he's going to participate in the slam dunk contest two weeks from now in the All Star Weekend in Cleveland. And so Orlando Mets is starting to pick it up a little bit, but they still have one of the worst records in the league. The different Nuggets uh, blew out the Milwaukee Bucks at Five Surf Arena yesterday, 136 to 100. You mentioned the Jazz, the loss to the Timberwolves by 20 last night. The Phoenix Suns continue to roll. They get by the Spurs 115 to 110. They're kind of quietly, you know, they're, yeah. they're 40 and 9. They got the second, the best, the second best record in the league behind Golden State. And then if you're Monty Williams and the rest of that, you know, that son's team. He's going to coach look, Team LeBron in the yeah, All-Star so, game in a couple yeah, weeks. So congratulations gonna, to Mr. Williams. Yeah, you're kind of looking behind. You're thinking, okay, no one was talking about us. That's fine with us. I mean, I know people mm-hmm. were kind of like were wondering if this was a fluke or whatever. But, you know, I think he's showing you that, no, there's actually, there's actually a pretty good team they have. So 19 assists for, for CP3 in that game yesterday against the Spurs. And, um, you know, Booker led the way with 28. Um, Bridges, you know, 26 too. So, yeah, I mean, look, the Suns are kind of like, can they sort of get up there with the Warriors for the number one seed? It's going to be tough. I think they are very capable of doing that. We'll, we'll see if they make any moves. Maybe get another utility guy to kind of support uh, uh, Booker and CP3. You know, will they get another shooter? That's probably like the one weakness of them. They need another shooter. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we just see what they do during the trade deadline. Yeah, the Clippers picked up a big win against Charlotte on the road yesterday, 115-90. to The Hornets, of course, uh, they beat the Lakers on Friday. They had a, a bad showing yesterday. And the Cleveland Cavaliers in the speed bump, they lost at, uh, at Detroit by 10, 115-105. to As I said before, Cleveland, out they're playing well right now. If they stay healthy, uh, they are going to make the playoffs. But as far as them taking over the East, I don't see that they're too young. But they're playing very well right now. Evan Mobley. He's uh, a top two candidate for rookie of the year. And Darius Garland should be an all-star. I know I think the reserves are announced on Thursday. Mm-hmm. And if his name is not uh well, if his name is not mentioned, uh something's wrong. Yeah, the Clippers, you know, got a nice bounce back win after losing to Miami on Friday. So they needed that win the win last night. And look, as far as Cleveland, like I said before, I think they've had their injuries too. 
So, you know, I don't know if they'll be able to hang on. I know they're young, but you got to think that, you know, inexperience will probably get them in the end. So we'll see what they do. I doubt they'll be able to do anything because they're under, under the cap right now. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Cleveland is. I know they've been one of the surprises in the NBA. But, you know, but again, you know, can they hang on? I don't think they can. So. Yes, uh, the Atlanta Hawks had a good weekend. Besides being the Lakers yesterday, they defeated the Boston Celtics by uh, 16, 108-92. As I mentioned, the Celtics are uh, kind of an up-and-down team. So is Atlanta. Do you think Atlanta can make a run? I know they were the, one of the surprise teams in that 72-game season last year. They made it uh, to the Eastern Conference Finals before losing to Milwaukee. But do you think Atlanta has another run in them this year? We'll have to wait and see. I mean, look, they beat the they beat Boston, they beat the Lakers too. Came back and beat the Lakers yesterday. So, mm-hmm. I, again, it's sort of one of those things where you know you just don't know. I mean, will they make any will they make any moves during the trade deadline? That's another thing. That's another thing that that has to be you know addressed. So you know, can they get another point guard maybe you know to help Trey Young? We'll we'll see. But you know, maybe get a center. I mean, I don't know, but you know what the the you know, what the needs are for them. But yeah, it'll be interesting if they can, if they can hang on. I know that people are, that's another thing that going to be, people are wondering like, you know, were they for real last year? Were they, was it a fluke that they had contact advantage of other teams' misfortune? So we'll just have to wait and see. Now going into this week's games, um, some good ones here. Of course, you got New Orleans and Cleveland tonight. Yeah, back to back for Cleveland. So yeah, they need so they be, need to bounce back big time. We'll see if they can bounce back. Uh, the Clippers, you know, considering their Grammy trip, you know, Grammy trip since the Grammys not going to be <laughs> are not going to be on uh, next week. But um, you know, they play Indiana. We'll see if they can uh, you know, kind of keep up their their streak. Memphis and Philly at six o'clock. Also, big test for Memphis. Uh, going John on Morant. The yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. see if they can you know do that against you know Joel B, who has been a scoring machine the last few games. Mm-hmm. You know, John Morant. That should be a fun one. A little surprised that one wasn't televised, but this one is on NBA TV's. Now you got Miami and Boston. You know, Miami looking to bounce back from that triple overtime uh, heartbreak against Toronto. So I'm sure they're looking to bounce back from that. Uh, Sacramento and New York. I mean. Look, New York, there are people already uh, calling for Coach Tibbs' head. <laughs> and trade um, Julius Randle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we told you. We warned y'all about it, but y'all didn't want to listen. Uh, Toronto <laughs> and Atlanta, that should be a fun one. We'll see Atlanta, you know, second off a of back-to-back. We'll see how they do against mm-hmm. Toronto. Golden State and Houston, they should, you know, Houston, you know, Golden State shouldn't have, no, have any trouble with Houston. And Portland, OKC. Going to Tuesday's uh, action, of course, the New Orleans Pelicans will travel to Detroit to take a go on the Pistons at 6 o'clock. Uh, the Wizards and the Bucks, the first game of the TNT, formerly known as uh, the Players Only Tuesday doubleheader. That'll be the first game on Tuesday on TNT at 6.30. In the same time frame, Miami will travel to Toronto to take on the Raptors. At 7 o'clock, of course, Orlando will travel to Chicago to take on the Bulls at the UC. Also at 7 o'clock on Tuesday, Denver at Minnesota. Let's see if the Nuggets continue their winning raids on the road as they try to separate themselves from the rest of the pack in the Western Conference. At 7.30, we'll have Golden State at San Antonio. And to wrap up the Tuesday night doubleheader on TNT at 9 o'clock, we'll have Brooklyn at Phoenix. Should be a fun one there without KD. And we'll see if Harden will be available for that matchup too tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, They'll need him bad. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Orlando, and uh, that might be a scoring matchup, too. We'll see. For West, mm-hmm. First and 130 might win that game. Uh, Orlando and Indiana going to Wednesday's games. Uh, Phil, uh, Philadelphia hosting Washington. Washington kind of falling back to earth a little bit, so mm-hmm. we'll see if they can pull off the other side. They, did, they already did it earlier this year. They, 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 they beat the Sixers. Um, mm. 
excuse me, uh, Charlotte and Boston. That should be an interesting one. Um, the first game of the ESPN doubleheader on Wednesday at Memphis and New York, John Rand versus Julius Randle. That should be a, a fun one. And you got Cleveland and Houston at 7 o'clock. Yeah, continuing with the Wednesday schedule right, at yeah, seven thirty. Yeah, go. Okay, yeah, OKC at Dallas. Uh, yeah, and at nine o'clock to wrap up the doubleheader uh, coverage on ESPN, we all have Denver and Utah. As we mentioned, the Jazz are going through their injury issues right now. Denver looks like they're getting themselves together. Uh, currently, seven games over the five hundred mark. At nine o'clock, we'll have Brooklyn at Sacramento. Sacramento, they're falling all hard times. You should expect some movement from them at the trade deadline. And wrapping up the Wednesday schedule at 9.30, we'll have Portland at the Lakers. The Lakers, this will be their first home game since uh, the Grammy uh, road trip. So the Lakers are currently three games under 500. Can they, when they, when will they turn it around? Will, they, will they, this be the game right here? We, share, we shall find out. Should be, should be just one they're in the uh, Staples Center. I'm not calling it that that, that corporate name. <laughs> um, Thursday, Minnesota and Detroit at 6. You're the first game of the TNT Thursday double, double header. Should be a good one. Phoenix and Atlanta. Devin Booker versus Trey Young. That should be a fun one, too. Uh, of course, Chicago and Toronto. Miami and San Antonio at 7.30. Sacramento, Golden State. And you got the Battle of L.A. at 9 o'clock. That's the second game that, that TNT Thursday night doubleheader. The Lakers and the Clippers, both teams are going through hard times right now due to the various injuries and such. But that should be a fun one as it usually is between those two teams. Yeah, so Clippers have been playing much better. And the Lakers, as we mentioned, they're having all kinds of issues. Let's see if they can turn around. They'll be the second of a back-to-back for the Lakers. So maybe the Clippers can catch them at the right time. So we'll see what happens in that game. So that's your schedule for the week ahead in the National Basketball Association. Lakina, let's take this two-and-two break. When we return, we have college basketball from the weekend to review the final line night. They get their start back, and they get a big win at the Northwestern. We'll give you some of the key games in the top 25 coming up for this week. We have a golf tournament to review for uh, uh, from Miss Lakina, and we will pay tribute to Don Cornelius since tomorrow is Black History Month. We'll pay tribute to him, and I'll give you my Cisco and Ebert review of the Lifetime documentary featuring the great Jimmy Jackson. All that and much more straight ahead on Second City Sports on the Monday edition. We're live in living color. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You're listening to Sports Zone Chicago. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. NBA tonight, the Bulls take on the Raptors. Chicago a half game out of first place in the East, 29-17 and 17 overall. Struggling lately, they've dropped 7 of 10. The Raptors coming off a win. They're six games out of first, a game over 523-22. Last night, they beat the Hornets 125-113 in Toronto. Tonight's matchup at United Center scheduled for a 7 o'clock tip-off. The Blackhawks are winless in four on the road tonight, visiting the Red Wings, 6.30 Central puck drop. The Hawks coming off a 2-0 shutout at Colorado on Monday night. Goaltender Marc-Andre Fleury reportedly receiving interest from the Washington Capitals as the trade deadline approaches. College basketball last night, big upset for number 24 Illinois, 56-55 over number 10 Michigan State. Loyola Chicago beat SIU 59-47. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders, dance the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Deep breaths. Mai's virtual meditation studio has never been busier. Imagine not working. They need a remote assistant to realign their scheduling. Blank calendar. 
Sorry. Back to your breath. Indeed can help them hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Make calls, schedule virtual interviews, and talk to candidates right from your employer dashboard. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, this is Discover, and we take customer service very seriously. We know that if you have a question or concern about your credit card, that's a serious matter, and you need to talk to a real person about it. So we offer around-the-clock access to seriously talented representatives in the USA. Again, it's a serious endeavor. The only funny thing about it is Bob. If you call us and Bob answers, you're in for a treat. Get 100% U.S.-based customer service and talk to a real person day or night. Discover exceptionally common sense. Welcome back to Second City Sports on the Monday edition. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Our final show for the month of February, along with Miss Lakina McGee, which is she. I am Sydney Brown, which is me. Lakina, uh, uh, for this last segment of the show, let's kick it off with the um, best and worst from the world of college basketball from the weekend. I'll like to start with a fighting Illini as the Illinois. Uh, as Illinois, the 24th ranked team in the country, uh, they went to Northwestern on Saturday in Everson. Uh, they struggled for the majority of their game, but they came out of there with a big three-point win, 59-56, to improve their record to 15-5 and overall on the season. I did I did get a chance to catch the, the majority of the second half of, of this game. Kofi Coburn uh, was the story as he made his return from uh, concussion protocol. In 30 minutes of action, he had 22 points. And nine rebounds off of 10 to 17 shooting. Uh, Grandison struggled off of one of six shooting with two points. My guy, Alfonso Plummer, he had nine points off of two of six shooting. And Trent Frazier, uh, he played the entire game. He he had um, uh, two assists off in six points off of two of 10 shooting. Lakina, it was all about Coburn uh, for the final line. And Northwestern tried to defend him in all kinds of ways. All their big men got in foul trouble. Illinois, for the second straight game, struggled to score, but they got away with one because of the opponent. Yeah, and I think, you know, Coburn was the only player in double figures for Illinois, so I think that's sort of, mm-hmm. he was kind of like a run man wrecking crew there. Uh, look, you're going to have these kind of games in the Big Ten. You're going to, you know, you know, your you know, players are going to struggle as long as you win. I think you'll take it. You know, thankfully, Coburn came back because I feel like, you know, had he not played, you know, that still, that game would have been a blowout. I think Northwest would have blown Illinois out. I just mm-hmm. feel that way, so. Like I said before, you know, a nice way for them. They got to keep pace in that conference because that conference is tough. So the Big Ten. So we'll get to some of those in a second. But it was you know, a nice show in my Illinois. And look, you know, playing against your in-state rival is always fun. You know, they're always going to kick it up a notch. You know, your opponent will. So it's fine. Um, some of the other games, you know, in, in the Big 12 SEC Challenge. Yes, I don't, don't ask me why they're, they're doing this as the middle of the season, <laughs> conference season. Don't ask me, you know, college hoops, you know, crazy sometimes. Um, Auburn out, you know, pulled away from Oklahoma. Alabama upset uh, Baylor. Uh, Baylor, you know, I know they've had their struggles day too. They were, and Alabama was able to take advantage of that. Uh, mm-hmm. Alabama, it's kind of feast or famine with them. You really don't know what you're gonna get uh, sometimes with them. Uh, they can, you know, they've beaten Gonzaga, they've beaten Baylor, and you know, it's sort of one of those days where they could go to the final four, or they could lose in the first or second round of 64. So you really don't know what you're gonna get. Mm-hmm. You know, Quinter Lee had 20 points leading the way for, for the for the tide. You know, Nails has done a great job with that, you know, that hoops program. 
Uh, Kentucky, no one saw this coming. Kentucky just hammered uh, Kansas fog out. I was actually looking 62. forward to this game, and I turned it. I turned. I left. I turned it to ESPN, and I saw uh, the first couple of minutes. I saw the score. It's like, damn. I don't. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna get into my whole Calipari rant. You guys that listened to the show before, I'm not gonna waste my time with that. So, uh, it, okay, the final score is what it is, but it wasn't competitive at all. That's one ticked off about. That. Yeah, I never seen Fog Allen so quiet and stunned. They were stunned right. there. <laughs> Keon Brooks Jr. had 27 leading the way for Illinois, uh, for uh, Kentucky. They got they get all the way up in the top 10, so maybe they're getting high at the right time. Uh, who knows? Uh, Michigan State uh, pulled away from Michigan. Uh, Villanova uh, got the best of St. John's. Uh, Texas Tech beats Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. TCU upset. At uh, LSU, um, you know, DePaul lost to UConn, number mm-hmm. 20, UConn defining Danny, Danny Hurley's. Uh, let's see. Um, yeah, Texas upset uh, number 15, Tennessee. Yes, they did. Number oh, 18, Rick, Tennessee. I'm sorry. Yeah, Rick Barnes is homecoming. Coming. You know, they had a very yeah. nice little video for him if you watched the game. They had a nice little video uh, tribute to him earlier this year. Of course, Spent many years there at, his, uh, at, uh, at Texas, I should say. You know, helped build that hoops program. He coached KD and the Marcus Aldridge, among others. Mm-hmm. So he had a really great career there. So they, you know, had a nice little tribute to to them. Oregon beat Oregon State. UCLA got the revenge on Stanford. They beat Stanford. So you know, a nice showing mm-hmm. by them. Um, for on Sunday, uh, yesterday, uh, Jaden Ivey hit the game winning three. You know, uh, for Purdue as they outlast Ohio State, our buddy Spiro Diaz was on the call for that one. If you guys said, you know, make sure you guys check that out. That was a really great game. They were down, you know, actually they almost blew an 18 point lead. Purdue did to Ohio State. It, yeah. it tied, and Ivy had they they needed that three to win it to keep him up for not going to overtime. This was right before the NC Championship game, but a nice win for Purdue to keep pace in the top. In the they're uh, for real, they're for real. Like yeah. I said, it's between them and Illinois in the Big Ten, but I think Purdue could be one of the top. Uh, three or four teams in the country uh, in terms of the national uh, championship come tournament time. Well, Wisconsin's like, hey, don't forget about us. Uh, they pulled away from Minnesota, 66-60. Uh, Johnny Davis, who could probably end up being one of the Big Ten, if not the national player of the year, had 16 points leading the way for them. Also, Providence. Providence uh, held off Marquette. I, got, I actually got a chance to watch some of this game. Uh, Nate Wilson, Nate Watson, I should say, led the way for uh, for uh, the Friars with 17. It was actually ended up being a great game, too, if you guys didn't get, get to check it out on Fox uh, Fox Sports 1. But, yeah, it was a fun game. And also, to, uh, also too, Lakin, going back to the Big Ten, I, I know I talked about Ohio State. I know they, they darn near made a comeback against Purdue. But watch out for them as well. You talk about Wisconsin. Wisconsin is going to be there, too. I'm not saying in terms of a national championship, but – uh, Wisconsin will be there competing with Illinois and Purdue for the Big Ten uh, regular season title as well. But Ohio State it could be that uh, that team that no one's talking about. I know you just mentioned Wisconsin, but I said Ohio State for the last couple of weeks. So watch out for them as well. Also, Loyola loses to Drake. You know that's you know they they got a lot of competition in that Missouri Valley Conference. They have Drake, who's up there. Northern Iowa's up there. Missouri State, who they lost to last week. So Loyola's getting you're gonna have a tough go at it in the Missouri Valley Conference, which for a team you're only gonna you're in a one bid league. I know they're gonna be moving to the A10 next year, but yeah, this is not yeah, this is kind of like a, like a little bit of a speed, but for Loyola, so we'll see how they bounce back. 
I know they got uh they got to go on the road to Missouri State in a couple of weeks, and mm-hmm. uh, that's going to be tough. We talked about it, Lakina, last week when they lost here uh, to Missouri State. You got to get on the run before that game, and after that game, you have to finish the season strong because right now, like you said, assuming that the committee is going to take, uh, you have to assume that the committee is going to take the tournament winner. They don't always take the regular season winner, but still, Loyola, you got to finish strong and you got to go win that uh, conference tournament. Well, yeah, look, not look. They have, they have, you know, taken. They, they, there was, they took three teams from that conference before, but they rarely do. So, if you're mm-hmm. Loyola, yeah, you got a couple of setbacks, but you know, about six weeks left in, in the regular season before you start these conference tournaments. About five weeks, I should say. So, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully they can get it together. Going into this week's games, you got Duke and Notre Dame. Now, this is actually a makeup game. You know, this is actually supposed to be played about a month ago. They uh, at six o'clock. Um, we'll see how they do. Uh, Iowa and uh, Penn State. That's a six o'clock game. In the Big Ten Network, also to TCU and Oklahoma. I think both these teams are bubble teams, if you will, so they're vying for that that spot. And uh, Colorado State now, they're one of those teams that could probably perhaps maybe sneak in there from the Mountain West. So mm-hmm. they're getting a little bit of national love. This is going to be at one at 7 o'clock, I should say, on FS1. They're 6-2 in their conference. And also, too, they're playing, playing Wyoming, who is 5-1 in their conference. So you got two of the – some of the, you know, the top, you know, teams in the uh, – uh, uh, Mountain West Conference battling out on national television. So it was, was reminding some of those old, you know, Mountain West Conference or the old whack games from way back in the day where you, you know, try to sneak a stay up for. I might or might not have done that a couple of times. I'm not saying <laughs> <laughs> I'm wrapping not... up the yeah, wrapping up the Monday schedule. We have West Virginia and uh, traveling to ba- Texas to take on the Baylor Bears. Number the defending national champs. They are ranked number eighth in the country. That's tonight at eight o'clock on ESPN to finish out the Monday doubleheader uh, for Baylor's Tuesday. Baylor's not going to be in a very good mood, so West Virginia might they better yeah. watch their backs. <laughs> All right, some of the key games in the top twenty-five for Tuesday: Michigan, number thirteen, Michigan State at Maryland on ESPN two at six o'clock. Number 10, Kansas at the embarrassing loss at home to Kentucky on Saturday. They'll travel to Iowa to take on Iowa State. Slide Clones at ranked number 20th in the country. Number 22, Tennessee will host Texas A&M. That's on the SEC Network at 6 o'clock. Number one, Auburn, Bruce Pearl. Shady dude. They'll host uh, Alabama at 8 p.m. on ESPN. Uh, looking at the rest of the schedule at 8 p.m. on ESPN2. Number 23, Texas. They'll travel to Texas Tech. Ranked number 14 to take on the Red Raiders at 8 p.m. And Ole Miss will travel uh, to Louisiana to take on LSU, ranked number 25 in the country. That's at 8 p.m. on the SEC network. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. And you got a lot of, you know, yeah, Cal and Stanford. That's an old rivalry game. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a game that was supposed to play a few weeks back. You know, you see why mm-hmm. they're playing, like the Pac 12 is playing a lot of these games on, uh, Mondays and Tuesdays, you know, to kind of make up for the scheduling. Also, to Nebraska and Michigan, you feel bad for Fred Horberg down there, uh, over there in uh, Lincoln. I don't know what's going on over there. I thought that maybe they, he would actually be doing a good job there, but something's happening down there. I don't know, but it, it's crazy. Going into Wednesday, you got uh, Purdue and Minnesota. Minnesota, if you're one of those teams that are probably on the bubble, they need a win like this. Hopefully, they could beat Purdue. You know, Purdue is sort of like, again, you know, you don't know what you're going to get. Uh, the the Fighting Jerry Stackhouse is Vanderbilt. Comp- Plays Kentucky. That's on the SEC network. Butler and Xavier, number twenty, uh, number twenty-one. Xavier. That's at six o'clock. Notre Dame and Miami. Miami is one of the top teams in the ACC. You can catch that game on the ACC network. 
Uh, let's see. What Wisconsin, Illinois will do battle in Champaign Wednesday on the Big Ten Network at 8 o'clock. The Wisconsin ranked number 11. Of course, the Illini uh, moved up to number 18 after their big win at Northwestern on Saturday. Kofi Comber, as we mentioned, is back. They're going to need him big time against that for, tough front line of Wisconsin. But the Wisconsin has a good backcourt as well. Yes, they do. And that should be a fun one. Of course, Illinois State and Loyola, Chicago. That's going to be on ESPN+. Plus If you guys have that. Also, too, North, North the start time for this game in the Big East. I think this is probably one of the later Big East games I've seen. At 9 o'clock, you got number 12, Villanova at Marquette. And hopefully, Villanova will get their revenge because Marquette did beat them a few weeks back, a couple weeks back. So, <laughs> they're going to want their revenge. So, you know, Jay Wright, these guys are going to be ready for that game. I guess the Friday Chakra Smart, who's done a great job at Marquette so far in his first season. So, that should be a good one at FS1 at 9, 9 o'clock on Wednesday. Going to Thursday, you got two old Bays rivals, St. John's and Georgetown. Note the start time again. This, this is actually another makeup game. That's at FS1 at 5 o'clock. Yeah, that's a very early start. Uh, at 7 o'clock on ESPN, West Coast basketball will get its prime time spot. Number three, UCLA will travel to Arizona to take oh. on the Wildcats. Uh, Arizona's ranked number yes. seven in the country. I think Bill Walton will probably be on the call for that one. <laughs> oh, good. At Dave Pash gets, gets his extra check. He gets extra <laughs> money. Just saying. Yep. At 7 o'clock on Thursday on FS1, number 16, Ohio State will host Iowa in a, an important Big Ten battle there. Gonz number 2, Gonzaga will travel to San Diego to, uh, to, play, to play San Diego, 8 o'clock on ESPN2. And at 10 o'clock on ESPN2 to wrap up that doubleheader action for Thursday, number 19, the USC Trojans will travel to Arizona to take on the Arizona State Sun Devils. So and that and that's your lineup for uh from this week in college hoops. So look, you know, football is off this week, folks. Unless you want to watch, you know, the Pro Bowl or you know the Senior Bowl, <laughs> you know, catch up on some college hoops. You only got a few weeks left in the seat. You know, you got about a month left in the regular season. So let let's start getting into college hoops. You listen to Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Cindy Brown. I'm Lakeena McGee. Real quick, a couple of shouts from the world of tennis. Congrats to Rafa Nadal, who wins his 21st. Grand Slam uh, title by B. Daniil Medvedev in a an epic uh, five setter down from down two sets. He was able to you know come back and win. You know his reaction to uh, winning that match. You know after clinch after that you know game you know that that, that forehand that you know clinched it for him. He kind of had that look like wait did I just do that? So um, he broke he broke the record. You know that he was tied for the record with of course with Roger Federer and Novak Djokovic. We won't go into the whole joke stuff with Djokovic. We won't we won't do that. But uh, yeah, this is his um, sec just his second Aussie Open, though. I mean, he's had a couple of heartbreaks. You know, he he beat Federer to get his, to win his first, but then he had a couple of uh, tough ones. You know, losing to uh, losing to Federer in another great five setter, lost to Rowinka in a you know in a four setter. You know, had a couple of chances there. We remember if you remember what happened a couple of years back against Djokovic. You know, he was basically blown out of, out of the water in that that 2019 final. So there's only he had, he had been one in four. You know, prior to that, so prior to that, this it, it also with violence prior to this one yesterday. I, I got I finally, I'm glad I got a chance to actually finish watching it. That was a fun match. And look, I'm sure he'll be resting up, you know, to try to go for his 14th French Open title. Yeah, so saying things going on in the world, it tends. Oh, look, you say he had a quick golf update before we uh close out the show. That was a, I didn't have a golf update, no, I didn't. No, that was golf, okay. Well, well, no, 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 no. sorry, that's that CTE in my brain. I'm no, just kidding. <laughs> Well, also to, also to, you know, shout out to Ashley, Ash Barty, who she won yeah. her third uh, 
Grand Slam title, her first Aussie Open at being Australian. It, it actually breaks a 44-year drought for Aussie women. Yeah, I think Virginia Wade, I believe, was the last one to win the Australian Open. The last Australian woman to win the Aussie Open. I got to look that up right quick. But yeah, uh, she breaks that streak. She's already, she's already won, I think, like three or four Grand Slam titles already. So she's proven to you why she's the number one player in the world right now. All right. You're listening to Second City Sports on a Monday edition right here on Sports on Chicago. We're live and in living color. See Lakina here with you. We'd like to wrap up the show today um, because tomorrow starts Black History. And uh, before we get to our tribute to Don Cornelius, Chicago's very own Lakina, I had a chance to catch the Janet Jackson do uh, Lifetime documentary last night following the NFC Championship game. I'll be honest. I think we talked about this a little bit before we went on live. I didn't know that this was coming on. I know it, it ran all weekend on the Lifetime Network. It premiered last Friday. Of course, if you guys know me personally, I've been a, a big Janet Jackson fan since I was six years old with, with the Control album. Of course, uh, she had a film crew that followed her from 2017 up until now. So basically, it told her whole life story when she uh, grew up with her with Michael and the rest of her brothers and her whole family in Gary, Indiana. All the way to she made her television debut on that Jackson's family special back in 1974, of course, going through good times. And they really mentioned uh, different strokes. You know, she played Willis's girlfriend in the early 80s mm -hmm. before she started recording. And of course, they went behind the scenes with her making the control album with uh, uh, legendary producers Jimmy Jarrett and Terry Lewis. Of course, they were on the documentary. Me personally, Ken, when I turned to the program last night, I thought they were going to interview everybody else and then play old clips of Janet Jackson being interviewed, but she was actually behind the special. Uh, she was actually interviewed last night. It was a great documentary. Of course, we're both 80s babies. We won't apologize for it, but it it took me back to a time when music was music. Uh, and all the songs from the Control album, Rhythm Nation, when she really blew up after that. Mm -hmm. um, and, of course, all the other albums, the Velvet Rope and the F album from the uh, 90s. It took me back to a, a special time and a special place when songs and music meant something. And uh, it was great to see, like I said, Janet Jackson uh, was my first childhood crush. I don't apologize for it. Of course, she became a sex symbol uh, and a beauty uh, standard at following the Rhythm Nation album. And then following that music video, Love Would Never Do Without You. She had a great look. She's kept it up for so many years. I actually found this last night, Lakeem. For those of you watching listening back on our podcast edition at war on anchor i'll describe this the best way i can i finally pulled this out last night this is the original copy lakina look up it's finally the oh, original yeah. copy <laughs> of the janet jackson album that ah. my mother bought from 1986 i did not borrow this from from a neighbor i did not buy it <laughs> off of ebay no you cannot have it and no you <laughs> cannot have it so uh, this is the album that changed uh uh janet jackson's life and it changed uh, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis after they were fired from um, Prince a couple of years before. They uh, they were legendary producers, and people forget Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis produced a whole lot of people in bands back then: Alexander O'Neill of the SOS band, and their sound pre New Jack Swing it was ahead of this time. Mm -hmm. And and Janet Jackson actually, this is thirty six uh, tomorrow's uh, February, but thirty six years ago tomorrow, uh, the song Control was released. And, of course, the album was released a month later, March of 86. So this album is 36 years old. Listen to some of the hit, makers, uh, hit songs that was on this album. Nasty, What Have You Done For Me Lately, Control, When I Think Of You, and Hunt, Funny How Time Flies. That song most people forget about. I know they didn't make its way in the pop charts, but it did well in R&B. And listen to the, some of the other songs that was on this album. Control, Nasty, 
what have you done for me lately? Can you be mine? That wasn't released. But on the second side, the pleasure principle, which was a, a great music video, by the way, you can check it out on YouTube. When I think of you, he doesn't know that I'm alive. Let's wait a while. Another hidden gem. Check out the music video. That was a great song. And of course, funny how time flies when you're having fun. This was a great album. For those of you that uh, obviously watching on YouTube, you see the original cover. I had to wipe the dust off of this last night, Lakina. This is this is the album that changed Janet Jackson's life. And she's, uh, of course, an icon, uh, the queen of pop music. Of course, her career soared on through there uh, afterwards. Yeah, you know, and if you, you look at the behind the scenes, you know, with the screen video that she did with her late her brother Michael and mm -hmm. some of the other things, of course, you know, the wardrobe malfunction, you know, with Justin Timberlake in the Super Bowl. A few years ago, and the, this was before you know DVD. This was like during the, like the height of DVR, so and social media, and this is before kind of social media and such. So yeah, so she kind of gets mm -hmm. really deep into it. You know, it'll be interesting. Yeah, I mean, you know, she said that she's gonna have new music coming up, so hopefully, you know, we'll mm -hmm. we'll get some great new music from her. And look, I think she's definitely underrated. I feel like you know among you know 80s, you know 90s, you know hits. You know, she had hits both in the 80s and the 90s and such. So. Mm -hmm. You know, hopefully she'll get her flowers now. And also, too, with this, you know, she goes really deep. You know, she's not really very personal. You know, she, she and Elder Barge did not have a kid out there. You know, she was very adamant about that. You know, of course, that had been a long standing standing room for like 40 years almost. So, right. be, yeah. So, you know, the, she goes in really deep. So it's also on Hulu, too. So you guys can check that out, too, if you missed it on Lifetime. I know they, they aired it like all weekend, too. So it's okay. on Hulu streaming right now. So you guys can definitely check that out. So. Yeah, it, it was very good. So, like I said, she's actually interviewed, and they showed film from uh, the film crew uh, following her for the last five years. And of course, they go back, and and like I said, she get really gets into some detail because she's she's she keeps her uh, personal life very private. So she's grown up in the public guys ever since she was seven years old. So the way she's gone through everything, uh, I, I commend her. So uh, she she always got respect for me. I'm a Janet Jackson fan. She always will. Yeah, respect for me. So, like Lakina said, uh, check it out. It's also on Hulu as well. Uh, we have a few minutes left in the show, Lakina. Tomorrow, as we mentioned, is Black History Month, uh, Tuesday, February first. Of course, that day marks a uh, marks a uh, um, uh, uh, some people consider a sad day in Black culture and music culture in general. But uh, tomorrow will mark the ten year anniversary of Chicago's very own Don Cornelius. So, of course, the television producer and creator and host of Soul Train. He passed uh, away 10 years ago, of course. Uh, Soul Train got started here in Chicago in 1970, uh, airing locally on Channel 26 uh, five, days a, five days a week. Of course, he took the show nationally to Los Angeles. It premiered on October 2nd, 1971. It ran for 35 consecutive seasons from mm -hmm. 1971 through 2006. Of course, he had all the major black artists at the time, from The Temptations to Janet Jackson, as we mentioned, Michael Jackson and his brothers, The Jacksons, Temptations, Four Tops, Teddy Pendergrass, The Whispers, you name it. Uh, all the, uh, the black major stars uh, were made their debut on Soul Train. He had a few white artists as well, but uh, all the black stars that, that couldn't get on bandstand with Dick Clarkson. Now, some of them did go over there as well, but most of, most of the major stars made their national debut on Soul Train um, uh, during that time period. Lakina, we talked about this before last year on our podcast. I remember growing up, even after Don Cornelia stepped down as host, it aired uh, every Saturday morning at 11 o'clock Central Standard Time on Channel 9, followed by the afternoon movie 
or other programming. Um, it, it, uh, I was glad to watch Soul Train at a time that I remember watching in the late 80s into the early 90s. New Jack Swing was happening. Uh, Hip hop was bringing mm -hmm. it to the mainstream. Of course, if you looked at the, look at the Soul Train documentary that aired about a decade ago, you can find it on YouTube. Dal Cornelius was hesitant of, of bringing rap artists onto his show. Mm -hmm. Of course, by the yeah. mid to late 80s, there it became a stable, uh, a rap artist became a stable on the show. Of course, in the 90s, especially after he stepped down as host, you couldn't find an episode where, even though the music was changing, you couldn't find an episode where a rap artist wasn't, or hip-hop artist wasn't featured. So, he changed with the times and he gave the viewers what they wanted. And it's, it's a, unfortunately, it's a, a, unfortunately uh, these kids today uh, right. won't have a show that, that features good music. Uh, I know we talked about Bandstep before. We won't get into that too much. But as far as Soul Trade's impact on uh, black culture and American culture uh, as a whole, we had to thank Mr. Don Cornelius for that. As, uh, Don Cornelius was a police officer. Uh, he sold insurance for a minute before he became a DJ at WVON in Chicago. And that's how he got mm -hmm. his start. And, of course, uh, he hosted Soul Train, as I mentioned, locally. It started as a local show in Chicago in 1970. You know, Channel 26, of course, he took the show nationally and went on from there. Yeah, you know, going back to, you know, bandstand, look, remember the way back when, you know, the affiliates, you know, the Southern affiliates, you know, ABC affiliates threw a fit because, you know, you know, look, yeah, Dick Clark said it too, you know, in various interviews when they you know, on his bio that he wanted to bring in more black artists. But, you know, of course, you know, the Southern affiliates and ABC at the time, you know, the ABC Southern affiliates, you know, would pitch a fit, you know, for various mm -hmm. reasons. We won't get into it. So that's why some of them ended up going to Don Cornelius and Soul Train. And mm -hmm. such, and also too, I, I believe I think the Jacksons. I think their first big debut was on Soul Train, if I'm not mistaken, or was it was a ba Bandstand? I'm not, I think because I think they did Bandstand first, but they did go go to Soul Train. I want to say in seventy one, seventy two. Of course, Michael Jackson did the famous uh, robot, yeah, and, uh, during, during that yeah, performance during that, and then, that time, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think, and I think Cornell, Mr. Cornelius kind of changed the, the narrative and changed the uh, the perspective of you know. And then once he started getting more and more black artists, of course. You know, ABC, the Southern Fist kind of, you know, softened their stance, if you will. And now mm -hmm. more and more black artists ended up going to American Bandstand. So that kind of, you know, he kind of broke the mold there. Also, too, yeah, I remember if you remember that little that part where he did say he didn't he didn't want to put any rap artists out there. You couldn't, you mm -hmm. know, because of the fact that. But I think he knew that rapper was becoming mainstream as well. So I think mm -hmm. he wanted to kind of get into getting ahead into it. And, he, and, you know, he brought in, you know, guys like, you know, Kumo D and Run DMC and those and mm -hmm. those guys. So. Eventually, he did bring those rap artists on, and unfortunately, you know, nowadays you can't find an American Bandstand or a Soul Train type shows. TRL was probably the closest, you know, maybe to do it. You know, back in the late nineties, yeah, early, early going to like the early mid two thousands. But you know, with Instagram and you know Twitter, and you got TikTok now for the younger folks. I mean, unfortunately, mm -hmm. you know, there are other ways you can post music. That's, that's why I show also oh one one oh six in Park, you know. Yeah, I like the original host of 106 Apart, yeah. AJ and Free. Now, some of the music I still like, this was still late yeah. 90s, early 2000s. Some of the music I still like, but I love those two as hosts. Uh, they they knocked it out of the park for me. Yeah, I think I think Terrence and Roxy, I think they were pretty good too, Terrence and Roxy. I yeah, they follow they AJ pretty, and Free. Yeah. Yeah, I thought they were pretty good too. They didn't get the love that the you know, that AJ and Free got. I thought they did a mm -hmm. pretty formidable job considering, you know, everything. But yeah, that, that kind of, you know, did you know dipped a little bit too at when once this the landscape started changing so unfortunately like i said before those type of shows don't exist anymore like mm -hmm. you said before you know thanks to social media you know instagram you know facebook twitter tiktok now like i said for the younger artists you can promote yourself there you don't you don't need 
you don't need those kind of shows anymore. So that's why, you know, it's a, that's unfortunate, but, you know, it mm-hmm. is what it is. But I'm glad I grew up in a time where we can watch Soul Train and Bandstand, mm-hmm. you know, Friday night videos and those type yes. of things. So, you know, and also Saturday, Saturday morning videos, you know, they had a little yeah. bit of that too. Mm-hmm. ABC had that for a little bit um, in their lineup too. So, yeah, you know, it was a great time. And look, you know, shout out to also to the Don Cornelius who kind of broke the mold. You know, I know it was hard for him to kind of, you know, get the show even on air. Because a lot of, yeah. of course, he had a lot of resistance. Yeah, he had eight people. affiliates when he made his national debut. Yeah, of course, it some, grew there, oh, uh, as the years went on. Yeah, Chicago, New York, of course, the big affiliates. No Southern affiliates left. Of course, they didn't initially. But once right. the show started becoming mega popular, every other affiliate, you know, kind of joined the band. And like, that's usually what happens. So, you know, I'm glad he was able to get to his success. And, you know, it really wasn't the same after he left either. I know they, they tried a couple of times with various, you know, guest hosts and such, but... I know, I know Dorian Gregory did it for a little bit too, but it just wasn't mm-hmm. the same. And plus, yeah, the uh, started changing too. Yeah. And uh, speaking of that, I was just going to bring up a quick story. I know we're up against it, but uh, when Don Cornelius stepped down, stepped down as host, uh, I was sad. And of course, the, the theme songs changed. Mm-hmm. And like you said, they brought in celebrity guest hosts. I did watch it for a while. I thought it was cool, but it just wasn't the same without him. I know uh, in that um, documentary you can find on YouTube, Don Cornelius said that times were changing faster than he was. He was an old guy at that point. But I remember, I, and, uh, through my early high school years, I just stopped, stopped watching because I, I, I just outgrew it. But I remember I was in college around 99, 2000. I turned to Channel 9 uh, and I just saw Soul Train. I was like, oh, okay. Shout out to Don Cornelius. He he found, you know, he kept that program on the air. And I saw Shamar Moore. I know you know very rarely, Kenny, you're mm-hmm. a soap opera queen. But mm-hmm. I knew of him, but he hosted Soul Train for a few years before Dory Gregory did the last couple yes. years and before they closed out shop in 06. I said, okay. I started watching it again. Not full-time, but I saw a few episodes here and there. I said, okay. Shout out to Don Cornelius for keeping uh, keeping that show on the air because, you know, shows, especially black shows back then, Lenkina, uh, if, if they were off the air, they just went off the air with no grandioso. And, no fanfare, and pe- none of that. Nope. Exactly, exactly. So I did give Don Cornelius credit for keeping that show on. First run in syndication for 35 straight season. That's a hell of an accomplishment. And you should definitely be commended for that and celebrate for that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know Shamar Moore, I think, like you said, did it for a few years, you know, but, you know, Y&R, of course, you know, they started doing more and more stuff with his character on Y&R. So, and also to other, other, you know, he was doing a lot of primetime stuff too. So his schedule just didn't, mm-hmm. it just didn't work for him. So that's why he had to step down. Of course, like I said, Dory Gregory came in and did it for like the last, like three, like two or three years before they, yeah. they ended mm-hmm. it. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it was a great, you know, it was a great show. I know a lot of the episodes are still on YouTube and uh, Jared Payton actually posted a, post an old episode where his dad, I believe he was at Jackson State at the time. I think he was in college. Yes, he was. He was in college. <laughs> I know yeah. uh the yeah, I know the football life episode. I think you catch on YouTube uh yeah, that featured Walter Payne. They showed the clip with Walter Payne dancing. He was in college at the time. Yep. No dancing. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so and everybody, also, a little go bit ahead. anybody who was anybody back then, you know, made an appearance on Soul Train. Yes. And you can see how yes. everything evolved over the years, you know, the hairstyles mm-hmm. and the fashion and the dances. Mm-hmm. And also to the colors that they use, of course, in the A's, they had like the more like cool, like, you know, the train, you know, such they use as a kind of a background. Yeah, that train was boogie, especially in the beginning with the animation. Yeah, that train was boogie, rocking from side to side. You knew you was going to get a great show. And speaking of great shows, real quick, uh, Soul Trains wasn't just a television show. It was a brand, love, peace, and soul. As you mentioned, the fashion and the music and the dancing. Remember the the Soul Train Awards. Uh-huh. Remember those, those those the the Grammys and the American yep. Music Awards. You had to wait for about two hours to 
watch a hip-hop or R&B artist perform. But on Soul Train, they had all the R&B and hip-hop artists. They were celebrating from beginning to end. To Even the years that I didn't watch Soul Train in the Kingdom in the late 90s, I always looked forward to the Soul Train Awards because you knew you were going to get a great show. Also, you had the Lady of Soul Awards, those yep. gospel and Christmas specials. Even tried the Soul Train Comedy Awards. It lasted a couple of years, but uh, Soul Train is not really just a off. television show. Yeah. It's a big brand. Yeah, yeah, that that the Connie part didn't really take off. I know they only did it for like two years, but yeah, it didn't mm -hmm. take off. I, I think you know the Soul Train Awards. They still have them, but it's kind of considered an afterthought now. So yeah, I know BT's picked it up now, but you yeah, know. but yeah, it's been kind of like you know no one's really. It used to be must see you know TV, but I think yeah. because of the music landscape, you know, mm -hmm. I I kind of prefer the, the the stuff from the 80s and 90s. I'm just saying in the 2000s. I'm just saying that's just me, but that's why I really mm -hmm. don't follow music that much. I know some of the artists, but yeah, I really don't follow music like as religiously as I did you know, way back when. So, yeah, same here, same here. So we wanted to pay tribute to Don Cornelius. Tomorrow will be the tenth uh, anniversary of his death. So, like I said, his legacy will live on forever. And any and everybody who's working in the music industry should uh, thank this man for his contributions to not just black music but music uh, scene in America in the world in general. Lakina, another great episode of Second City Sports for our last show in the month of January. When we return on Friday, it'll be our first show from the month of February in Black History Month. So I, I can't wait for our next episode. Uh, so it should be fun. Uh, it was another great episode today. We got to uh, talk about great uh, football from yesterday. The Bulls are back on track. And I can't wait for this month of February February for what it brings. Hopefully it will bring us some more great stuff. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan Scott McGee on the IG. You can follow your truly Sydney Brown on the Twitter in the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, S-I-D-K-I-D-80, S-I-D-K-I-D-80. Make sure you download that Sports on Chicago app wherever you get your apps. Make sure you follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And you can download our uh, the our audio version of this podcast, Second City Sports, by subscribing to War on Anchor. Where we are available on all podcast platforms, wherever you get your podcasts, and you can follow War Media at W A R R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. All right, Lakina, close us out. Oh, before we close us out. Don't forget, you can listen to Second City Sports every Monday, every uh -huh. Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Once again, every Monday, every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Second City Sports right here on Sports Zone Chicago. All right. I know there's a big snowstorm ahead of you know, our ways in you know, certain parts of the country, including here in Chicago. So make sure you guys stock up, you know, get all the salt you need and such, you know, and don't shovel the snow, folks. You know, kind of, you know, that's hard attack stuff. So be careful out there. For you, for you folks that have lazy people living around you and in your house, this is their time to shove the damn snow. Exactly. <laughs> and also, too, if you're not going to if you're not going to uh, get get vaccinated, at least wear a mask and wash your hands. It'd be good to each other. Stay safe out there, folks. For Sydney Brown, I'm Lakina McGee. This is Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago, and we'll see you Friday. The Soul Train. <laughs> <laughs>